piece of cake, bud. Episode 101, Tank Slapping Podcast. Appreciate everybody for tuning in. It's been a couple of weeks since we've done a show. I've uh, I've started and stopped <laughs> this episode a couple of times already. So it's it's not an easy thing. I appreciate everybody for being patient. Obviously, uh, we've had uh, uh, some really tough things going on. Uh, we lost a good friend of ours, Ryan Varnes, in an accident at Weedsport. And it's been tough to... Um, to say the least, uh, emotionally, the last couple of weeks, trying to uh, make sense of it all. Um, just, yeah, motivation has been tough to find to uh, get on here and do a show. But um, yeah, appreciate all the fans for being patient and just really encouraging too. There was a lot of fans that, uh, um, that were really encouraging uh, podcast listeners that, that just understood the, uh, the, the break we needed. And yeah, but at the same time, I want to keep this going. I want to do this show tonight in honor of Ryan and yeah, find the strength to, uh, to just share memories with him. And I got a, a really good group of guests coming on to help me um, share some insight and stories and some laughs along the way of, of my guy, Ryan Barnes. Um, I always called him Barnes. Uh, when he was younger, I called him Rye, but as he got older, he just kind of transitioned to the, to the name Barnes. So um we got a lot of callers coming on. We'll get to them here in a bit. Appreciate everybody taking the time to, to call and help me out with this episode. It's um, yeah, it's, it's special for everybody to come together and, and remember Ryan. So yeah, I kind of wanted to share a couple of stories. Again, I, I don't have anything written down. Um, usually, I mean, I have some stuff written down, but just, just written down on, on a notepad, nothing, nothing in order, nothing planned. Um, it was hard to get some thoughts for this deal. Um, usually on these shows, I can kind of just, just talk. It's a lot easier for me when I have a co-host and we're just bench racing or talking about the weekend, but to, to bring, to get this going has been kind of a challenge, but, uh, yeah, I, I just want everybody to kind of know, know Ryan off of the racetrack. There's a lot of good memories of him at the racetrack. The Varnes family is, it's like, I don't know the right word to describe it as far as there's nobody like the Varnes family. There's so many Varnes that have raced over the years and, you know, just the history with everybody, you know, I'm not even going to start naming. There's literally dozens of Varnes people that have etched their, their name in the history books. And, and Ryan is certainly, certainly one of them. And yeah, just a lot of, a lot of cool things I want to, I want to do for Ryan and, in years to come because definitely somebody I'll never forget. And uh, yeah, so let's get going with the show. Um, so I've known Ryan for a long time. Uh, obviously going back, being in Pennsylvania, the Varnes family and the Texter family, we go way back before I was even born. Um, my dad rode, rode motorcycles for Jim Varnes, which is Ryan's grandpa out of Penn State Cycles. And then my dad raced and sponsored Kevin Varnes and he raced with Mikey Varnes and uh, the history goes way back for, for the Varnes and the Texter family. And growing up, actually, um, Kevin Varnes was probably one of my top two or three favorite riders. Obviously my pops, Randy was, I guess you could say he was probably my favorite rider and Ricky Graham and Kevin Varnes. I would always be in Kevin Varnes's pit 
every race I could go to when I was younger, waiting for an autograph. And Kevin was kind of my guy growing up, always was a big Kevin Barnes fan. And then as we got older, Kevin and Colleen, they had children. Ryan Barnes was the first to come out. And yeah, I've watched Ryan grow up. Uh, initially, he was uh, kind of like a, a handful kid, kind of like we all are. <laughs> uh, Ryan did some traveling with us when I was a uh, rookie pro. We did a West Coast trip, the typical West, West Coast. It was like Rapid City, I think Castle Rock. We did the Kansas Fair series that year. And Kevin, myself, and Ron Wood, along with my dad, we traveled that that kind of four-week stretch together. I think we hit up Peoria and Quincy on the way home. And Kevin brought Ryan with. So we threw Ryan's 65 Suzuki into the truck. And every off-weekend uh, off race we did, uh, we did Sioux Falls, South Dakota. We threw, you know, Ryan had a bike there and he was able to race. So I think he raced... I want to say he did some Sturgis races. He did Sioux Falls. He did Castle Rock. He did Kansas. And he won like most of his races. Ryan did it uh, on a 60. But yeah, traveling with Ryan when he was a kid. And then it kind of transitioned a little bit from when he was a kid. You know, it was always Ryan was like a kid. I was kind of a teenager or whatever. And then as we got older, I found myself kind of mentoring Ryan a little bit. He, um, I think it was his rookie year. I had a Honda 450 that was pretty fast. I had built and Ryan, I let Ryan ride that bike. I, I don't know. It might've been his first pro race. I think he rode my 450 Honda. Um, I might be wrong, but I, I think, it, I know it was like his rookie year. I think it was 2000. I want to say it was 13 or 14. Um, he rode my Honda 450 at Hagerstown, Lima and Mega Mile. And honestly, looking back now, like letting, letting somebody ride, borrow a bike for the mega mile, probably a bold move, a uh, big cushion mile, but yeah, Ryan rode my Honda and I got a photo somewhere. He signed for me that year. I got to find it. It's him on the bike. And, uh, he signed the photo as like a thank you. But so those are my kind of early memories of Ryan as far as that goes. And then, yeah, we started hanging out. Uh, he got older. He was, uh, I was trying to mentor him a bit as he turned pro, helping him out with uh, training, nutrition, and kind of like how you approach this whole racing thing. Like he would call me on sponsorship advice and getting rides. And there's a lot to racing motorcycles that um, young riders have questions about. And I was getting more phone calls from Ryan than anybody else. Then we started becoming, becoming friends a little bit. It's kind of a, it's, it's a weird transition when you're, you, you know, your the age gap is probably, I think it's like 10 years. So when I was 20, he was 10. So, and I've known him since that, that age gap. So it was kind of crazy and started hanging out with him and coming to my house on, you know, go riding. We'd go riding quite a bit motocrossing. And, you know, he was coming to my house, hanging out, spending time with crews. Um, when we had the, the tragedy in 2000, 16 with Kyle McGrain, him and Kyle were really good friends and found, found him hanging out a lot more around that time. And, uh, yeah, helping him, help, helping him through that and being there for each other. Um, but going back to when he was a kid too, I, I, I wrote down here, just like, uh, we would like play wiffle ball games in the backyard. 
when he was a kid, him and Tyler, his brother and Kevin and Colleen, I got some really cool photos from uh, Jody Johnson of that. Um, definitely share that. Some photos there of, of Ryan <laughs> playing wiffle ball in my backyard. And yeah, so we started, we started hanging out. Um, I think it was like 2000, I think it was 2018. We did, he went out West with me and Amber and Mike Luzak. We did the West coast trip. I was riding a 450 actually. And Ryan was on a twin. So I was helping him out quite a bit in 2018. He went out, we did the Arizona mile. I think it was Calistoga. We did, man, I forget. Um, anyway, I, I know we ended up traveling together and I have a really cool photo of us. I got to find it, but uh, me and Kevin Barnes took a photo in front of, front of Mount Rushmore um, making like a, a pose or whatever. Like, and then me and Ryan, his son, uh, we mimic mimicked it the same photo. I got to find those two photos to share it, but yeah, it was just kind of cool traveling with Ryan. Um, and yeah, as, as a child, like as, as a kid on a 60 and then as a pro rider racing a twin, I got to, I got to spend a lot of time with him. Um, he came down to Florida with me a couple times to, to train, get ready for the season. Even when we were, we started racing against each other prior to, uh, the 2019 season, I got to, I got to race with, uh, race with him, but I got to help him out a little bit too. Um, always wanted, wanted him to succeed. Uh, I, I get a lot of joy in, um, seeing my friends and people that I'm close with do well. I think that's probably common knowledge for people that they see how excited I get when Shana does well or Briar Ryan, or just a lot of my friends when they do well, it's, it's such a cool feeling for me to, to see other people do well. Um, I really enjoy the competition that I get regardless of who I'm racing with. Um, I like that competition, whether I'm winning or losing, um, the opportunity to be better. I've always appreciated that. And even in the years like 2019, like Ryan finished second in the championship. And I, that was my first uh, championship that I won. Uh, it was cool to see him do so well. Um, I, his first win at rapid city was, was pretty awesome. Uh, it was a long time coming the first couple races of 2019. I was winning. I won and he finished second and there's a couple really cool podium photos. And, and then Ryan really came on there middle of the year. He won rap or uh, one rapid city. And then he won Williams Grove. And that was, that was really cool for me to see, like, basically somebody I've, I've helped mentor over the years. Um, it was weird though. Like I've helped mentor him over the years to be successful at the pro level, giving him every secret I could. And then he's competing against me for a championship. So, um, really stoked for him, but I'm like trying to figure out ways to beat the guy at the same time. So, um, part of me was, I, I, uh, I didn't want to show him completely how happy I was because I, I didn't want him to think I was getting soft with the title on the line, but there was a lot of joy for me to genuine joy to see him do well. Um, and then 2020, um, he had some bike issues, bike issues at the end of the year. And I threw my personal bike in the back of the truck. Um, and, uh, he rode it, uh, he teched it at Charlotte and then it rained out and he actually rode it at, at Daytona. And I was, I was like pretty nervous, not nervous. Like I was anticipating him to beat me at Daytona short track on that bike. Cause, um, the bike's a really good short track bike. And, uh, but I, I was hoping for a good result for him and yeah, it was, it was just kind of cool. Like being able to, 
to share those memories with some, like one of your friends and to do that with Ryan and just help him along the way, help him, uh, transition a little bit. He, um, over the off season, he was working on building his program and he was calling me, asking me some thoughts on riding for different teams and, uh, riding different motorcycles and getting sponsors. And, you know, um, it's tough in this sport to every year you got to find sponsors and find rides. And for a young kid like Ryan, um, it can be discouraging. So to keep him motivated, to keep giving him helpful advice on, you know, this sports, it's tough. Like it's, you, you can't, you can't be, you can't have soft feelings. You can't have too many emotions when it comes to it. Cause there is a lot of business aspects that's involved in here in this, in this deal. And to kind of um, see him learn that over the years and transition from just a kid who uh, loves to race motorcycles to a, 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 a man who understands the business of racing flat track was uh, really proud of that. And uh, even more so just how he was sort of transitioning his life a little bit. Like you have these flat track guys, kids, guys that go into their thirties and don't have a plan. Like they don't know what they want to do with life after racing. They're living in their van. They're, you know, scrambling for any sort of income they can get. And they're, the results aren't there. Um, here's a kid who had good results and he went to college. Like he's battling for championships, winning pro races. You know, he could easily just banked on being a pro racer but he went to college. He went to Penn state Berks, got a degree. I want to say it was accounting. Like I know he's, he did accounting work. I don't know exactly what the degree was, but I think it was accounting. Um, but he went to Penn state, graduated, um, had, had a girlfriend, Jen, they moved into an apartment together. He had, you know, his own vehicles. He was really put together at such a young age for, um, for where he was at. And that's something um, I'm really proud of as well. Like not many racers, like I said, do that or think about that stuff. And, and he, and he, he had everything kind of working. Like he was, he would come over on a Tuesday night, we'd go out to dinner and he's like, man, I got to get going. I got homework to do. And, you know, I'm like, ah, oh, just have another drink, bro. Come on. And he would be like, ah, oh, I gotta, I gotta do my homework. <laughs> so I'd always try to talk him into bad decisions, but he was really dedicated to, to, uh, everything else he had going on in his life. So it was, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm proud of him for that. It's, it's definitely something you don't see, you don't see very often. So, um, yeah, I mean, there's so many small memories I could share, um, on this show. It would take probably hours, but I'm going to bring some people on, um, to, to get some of these memories started and, uh, want to just celebrate Ryan, man. It's, uh, it's sad. It's, we, we miss him for sure, but there's so many fun, fun times. And one, one story that I, I it's, it stands out for me before we bring on our first caller. Um, there's so many little funny stories that I have with him that most people wouldn't think's funny. Cause it, it, a lot of them don't make any sense, but Tuesday nights, like I've mentioned, we, we go out um, Tuesday night with the boys and Ryan was always there. Like I'd always talk him into it. Um, I'd be like, bro, Tuesday night, like, let's go. I don't care what you're doing. <laughs> okay, let's go. And one night in particular, um, our Tuesdays are pretty mild. Like we, we go out, we have drinks, but I'm home at a decent time and go to bed and get up and continue our day. Uh, but one Tuesday, I don't know why we just, we had, we were having a lot of fun. It was me, Varnes, Chad Coase. I think, uh, my buddy Julian, I forget who all was there, but we, uh, we were driving home, um, 
and I forget how or what happened, but we lost Chad. Like we lost Chad Coase. So um, Ryan wasn't drinking. Like he wasn't drinking. He was he was too young <laughs> to be drinking. Um, so he was driving. He we went back. He drove. I was like, dude, we gotta find Chad because he left. Chad left his phone in our my car, and he was in the city. Like we gotta go find him. So. Barnes is like, all right. So we took everybody else back. I forget, like I said, I forget who was there, but we go back to look for Chad. Um, and uh, so Ryan had to get into the bars. Ryan had a fake ID. Um, it was my buddy Garrett. It was a, uh, an extra ID. And for those listening, don't, it happens frequently. Don't act like no one's done it, but Ryan had a fake ID so he could go into bars with us. Cause he was, he was pretty young. Um, so he had an ID and we go into the one bar to look for Chad and um, we go in and it was always kind of like we, a hail Mary to make sure the ID worked. And we went in and I got it. Obviously at my, I was fine. I'm in there. I'm waiting for Ryan. And uh, my buddy Garrett's pretty tall. Ryan wasn't quite as tall as him. And I don't remember the exact height, but he goes in and the bouncer looks his look, grabs his ID and he's eyeing it up, looking at Ryan. And he goes, uh, it's your ID. And Barnes goes, yeah. He goes, says you're six four. Barnes is like, yeah. He goes, I'm six four. And when he when he said that, like he's like a full head taller than Barnes. So like it says he's six four. The guy is six four, and Ryan is standing right in front of him. And uh <laughs> typical Ryan, he goes up, he he walks, takes a step toward the guy, literally gets eye to eye to this with this guy, like big, tall bouncer dude, like looks like freaking lawrence taylor man just big guy and uh he does the old like where you check your height you put your hand on your head and <clears throat> move your move your hand over to the other person he says you're six four i'm six four takes a step forward he like literally walks toward the guy and puts his hand and karate chops the guy in the forehead and he but it's like a full upward motion because he's not even close to that guy's height he goes yep we're pretty close. <laughs> and the guy, he just whacked the guy in the head with his arm. I'm like, Oh fuck, dude, we're done. Like, uh, let's just go. And, uh, so anyway, the guy's like, I don't think so. And he gave Ryan his ID back and we walk out. I'm like, bro, you just karate chopped that guy in the head. And uh, it was so many funny, like, and he just didn't, a lot of the times he didn't understand, like, he just didn't get it. He was it's like, his personality was one of a kind. So that's one story. It's, uh, it's hard to put into words, but if you could be there, like, I'm all nervous. We're going to get, you know, we're trying to get into this bar. He's got a, his ID's not his and he's literally karate chopping bouncers in the forehead. So yeah, a lot of, a lot of good memories with, with Rye we'll share in, in years to come and definitely going to remember him for, for so many different reasons, but um, yeah, let's get started with, with our first caller. So our first caller on the show is none other than Ryan's girlfriend, Jen. Hoshauer. That's how you say your last name. I just want to make sure it's uh, correct for everybody listening, right? Yep. Hoshauer. So Jen Hoshauer. Um, Jen, when did we first meet? I, I I think you mentioned to me it was at it was at Trailway. I think you were at a local race at Trailway, like during the COVID year. And I think that's when you mentioned, and I, kind of what I remember is when we first met, me and you. Yeah. So it was at uh, Hanover PA Trailways. Um, that was my first race. Um, and that's when I met you, Corey, uh, it was a really good day. I didn't really know much of, 
um, flat track racing before I went um, to that race that day. Yeah. Did you watch any sort of motorsports? Like, I know your pop is uh, big in the hunting and he's just mm-hmm. like kind of an all American guy, rolls up to uh, uh, Port Royal with a AR on uh, <laughs> like silhouette on the back of his truck, lifted truck, uh, you know, just power stroke diesel. And uh, did, did you guys watch? Like, he, he looks like he'd be a NASCAR guy. Does he watch NASCAR or anything? Uh, not anything really like in the family with racing uh otherwise um i know my grandfather he was a flagger at pagoda um back in the day i never even met this side of my grandfather um so my dad was kind of into that as a kid he would stand um with him flagging but other than that i had really no idea what uh flat track was before i met ryan yeah, it's a pretty niche sport uh, to try and explain to people what flat track is. And they're like, oh, so like I get like, so you, you, you do the backflips, right? Like that I see on TV <laughs> or, or, oh, Evil Knievel. I'm like, yeah, it's, it's kind of a mix of all that, I guess. It's better than kind of yeah. explaining it. But um, so, yeah, I met you at Trailway. And, uh, you know, over the years, like Ryan was, he's always been racing, focused on school. He never had like a bunch of girlfriends. Like, so I saw you at Trailway. I'm like, all right, cool, man. Like, you know, growing <laughs> up, getting girlfriends and shit, getting jobs, going to college. Yeah. Like, so that was, that was cool. So I got to meet you there and, uh, I don't know how, how much we can kind of talk about on here. It's kind of an unfiltered show, but how did you meet Ryan? Like, do you want to share that story as well? Uh, yeah. So it was, I'm pretty sure it was Springfield, uh, race weekend and, uh, we matched on Tinder <laughs> And I haven't heard from him since we matched. So I was like, well, I guess I'll give it a try. And I'm sending him a message. I can't really remember what it was. And uh, just got talking on there, said he was headed to the Springfield mile. Um, And we just headed off from there and went to Plum Creek for our first date. And really history all after that. Yeah, it's uh the Tinder thing is funny, and you actually took the first swing. Like usually, guys take the I, first swing, right? Yeah, I did. I did. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Um, yeah, man. I like I said to you, I've I've known a couple of people that I've actually met on Tinder and have like long, you know, good relationships meeting on Tinder. So there yeah. is some there is some good there. That's that's pretty funny. Um, but uh, yeah, so you, you shared a couple of stories at Ryan's uh, celebration of life, I like to call it. And uh, I wanted to mm-hmm. kind of share those with some of the listeners a little bit, because I, I thought they were hilarious. Like it was a really sad time. Um, but as you're speaking, you know, at the service, it was uh, shit, man. I, I was laughing the whole time. Like uh, it was kind of yeah. funny to see like Raymond Rizzo, just sh- some of his shocked faces. And I'm like, yeah, that's Ryan. So um so yeah the the first time you kind of um so you went to plum creek what 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 is that like i'm I'm, i have no idea so plum creek creamery is a huge like homemade ice cream store uh they have food there so we just went out to eat and then um i don't even think we got ice cream and that's the main point of that whole you know store but uh (laughs) Yeah, we went and ate and then went back to his house. 
And real, then real I think, fast, who bought dinner? Yeah. Did he buy dinner or did you buy dinner? No, he did buy dinner, which wow. surprised me because, you know, I was ready to. Um, but that was all for show, you know. <laughs> <laughs> After that, we went back and forth. He's like, I'm not paying for stuff. You are. So we definitely had our share of both sides of paying, but he did pay for that first meal. All right. Okay. So then you guys uh, first date and then he, you went, went to his house the first day, right? Like you went home and I, I did. And I didn't know how it was going to go because of meeting on Tinder. You know, you always hear those horror stories, but uh, yeah, meeting his mom and dad for the first time, um, meeting the dogs. It was, I was scared, but it all went really good. Yeah. And what, it, so when you, when you came in, what did he, you, he, he said a couple funny things. Like, I mean, mm -hmm. nothing he said or did ever surprise me. Like I had people that always be like, <laughs> dude, Varn said this or, or that. Um, and I'm like, yeah, that's, that's him. Like, that's what he does. He does Varn's thing. So what was, uh, yeah. what was that kind of conversation like with, uh, cause you met Kevin first, like you met, met. Kevin. Yeah. So yeah, we walked in the house. I got to meet Pokey and Doodle, his dogs. Um, we went around to the front of the house where the stairway was. And he yelled up the stairs, Mom, are you naked? <laughs> and I was shocked. I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, is she actually naked? Um, this is my first time meeting her. And I can't really remember. She said she would get her robe and that she would be down to meet me and she did and he asked me what was my name again because he I don't know if he didn't remember it or if he was just joking you know Ryan <laughs> and uh we like hit it off the bat right with her and she, you know Colleen she's she's one of a kind she's always happy um just like another mom to me and yeah. then we went to meet Kevin, um, which was, he was sitting in the living room and he said, this is the first and last time you'll meet Jennifer, which he was obviously joking. And um, yeah, we went in the basement then watched TV and it was the shortest night of my life, but most exciting. Um, and he wanted me to stay over, but I knew I had to go home and tell my parents what I just did. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, uh, but it was the, all good. The first night, it's, it's, I guess it's frowned upon, right? I mean, I haven't had to go on a first date in a long time, but you definitely, mm -hmm. even if you want to, you probably don't stay over, right? Like, that's kind of, like, I don't, yeah. I don't know, I don't know the yeah. etiquette for, for dates, but it's probably, especially not if you never met the person before, <laughs> yeah. you know, other than a couple hours before. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I met him yeah. on Timber uh, on Tinder and then I just stayed at his house and yeah, it worked that well. I I'm alive. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Even that's... the, you know, the first night I did stay there, I felt like I didn't get any sleep because, you know, you still don't really know them, you know, everyone, Kevin and Colleen and Brian, it's just a different atmosphere that you're in. You know, yeah. you just go for it and yeah, no, for sure. And uh, one thing I wanted to talk about that I couldn't relate, I couldn't relate to him at all. And I know he was getting into it, but we never talked about it much because mm -hmm. I'm not a, I'm not a hunter. Um, my, my whole family is Shana, Briar, my brother, his name is Hunter. His middle name is Darby. Mm -hmm. So for those listening, it's a bow and arrow company. So uh, my yeah. stepdad's big in the hunting and, and you got, you know, you and your dad and your family got, got Ryan kind of big in the hunting. So um, I wanted to ask about that, where, where that excitement level came 
and kind of share with people kind of his passion for hunting. Cause probably a lot of people don't know that he actually really spent a lot of time hunting and really liked to hunt. Yeah. So I've hunted my whole life with my dad since probably I was 10 years old, uh, going out with him even before I could get a license and hunt. And then before I met Ryan, I kind of like, I kind of lost interest because my dad, you know, he would go out, but you know, it kind of lost interest in both of us. And then once I met Ryan and he knew we hunted, we have nine acres of land here at home and we just hunt off of that. And he saw all the mounts in the living room, um, which he loved. Um, so it was last, Probably November of 2020, uh, he, you know, got hunting clothing. He got his Pop Pops uh, compound bow, which wasn't really on accurate at the time, but he uh, would practice all the time in the backyard. And uh, like I said, November of 2020, he got his first eight point buck one morning um, in the backyard of our house right here. And him and my dad went to find it and they did. And uh, he then got a a skull mount um, of his deer and that's hanging in his bedroom. But uh, deer hunting was his favorite. And then he got into squirrel hunting this past year, I would say. And we would walk around the property all, all, winter um my mom I remember she would always yell at him um on Sundays because he would go out and hunt on Sundays and it's technically not legal to hunt on Sundays but um you know he did it anyway yeah so he was really in the big into squirrel hunting and then hunting deer down in North Carolina we would go on a trip so yeah he really had a good time getting into it Yeah. Yeah. I just like, for me getting up at like four in the morning and sitting in a tree. Um, I don't, I I don't know if I ever would have the patience for it. Uh, I've tried to do like, I think I, we hunted quail or some shit when I was younger, but Mm -hmm. never got into it too much. And then he was real big in there. I'm like, Oh yeah, big hunter, dude. Like what are you shooting today? (laughs) So it was just kind of cool to see that, that side of him. And I've mentioned it multiple times. There was, um, like obviously at his celebration of life, like 90% of the people there were race, race people, but there was mm-hmm. uh, so much more to, to the kid than, uh, than racing. And I got to see a lot of side, many sides of that. Um, but I, yeah. didn't, I didn't, I never hunted with him. So, um, it's probably a, like, I don't know if I'd feel safe hunting with barns in the woods, but, uh, <laughs> but no, nah, it's really cool to hear that side of it. And, um, yeah, man, just a lot of, a lot of cool things. Uh, what, what has been your, like, you've been traveling with him for well over a year now. What, what was your favorite race trip and or racetrack, um, that you've been to like any, any standout? Um, so the first year we met was COVID year. So that was kind of a blur of a year. You know, I didn't really get to many tracks, um, Atlanta or Dixie Speedway. Uh, I think was 2020 and my mom and I flew in and surprised him and that was really cool um because that was my first time in the pits so it wasn't like I was watching from the grandstands and 
got to see everyone and talk to everyone. Um, so that pit experience was really cool. And then my favorite race trip, I don't know, Texas is just sticking in my mind. I don't know why, because it takes 24 hours to get there and then to get home. Um, but it didn't feel like 24 hours, you know, cause I, we were all together in the van and, um, we were always cracking jokes and everything. So it didn't feel like that long, but I would say Texas was my favorite this year. Yeah. And what would you say kind of some insight from a, from a girlfriend, um, like you see the personality of, of Ryan, you know, at the track at home, what's the biggest difference for like on a personality standpoint for a racer on race day. And then during the week, like, um, for some racers, they're completely different people. Um, some are pretty similar given, given the circumstances, but what do you think the biggest, like uh, difference, like mindset or anything like that? Like what was Ryan like on race day compared to Ryan at home? Yeah. So they were two different Ryans. I can definitely tell you that. <laughs> um, so even if we were headed to the race, you know, the, like switch flipped on then you know it's race day um you know focusing drinking water was his biggest thing I feel like um he was always drinking water race days and you know I would be joking with him because I knew the Ryan at home and he's like no Jen you know you know today's race day I can't deal with that stuff so he was really into it and um it takes a lot of focus to be on that track all day in the hot weather um so that you know that was race ryan and then ryan at home was you know cracking the jokes and you know just me and there was definitely a few sides of him yeah um for like i've always kind of he's always asked me a, a tons of questions about certain things that I do training and what I eat, what I drink and what, you know, like over the years, you know, I've, I've given him a lot of info. I probably shouldn't give to somebody who, uh, who was, uh, lined up next to me quite often. And, uh, but I always wanted him to succeed and I always wanted him to do well. And when he would win, I, I was, you know, low key, really excited, uh, for him, uh, obviously as a racer, I, I always want to do better, but, um, it was really cool for him, the, the, all the times he would do well. And, you know, I've, I've watched him grow up. So it was like watching your younger brother go out and, uh, and do well. But, um, there was recently he's, he kind of struggled a little bit with hydration and he was always, I always felt like he drank too much water and not enough, um, not enough, like, um, uh, like fluids that give you hydration. And he's like, what do you drink? And I'm like, I'm like, I drink this, this specific brand of coconut water. And I'm not even going to mention it on here. People can probably figure it out, but it's kind of like a, a well-kept secret and, uh, and they don't pay me money right now. So I'm not going to just give them a free plug, but I drink a certain brand of coconut water and I gave him the name and like, he's like, all right, cool. An hour later, he, he, uh, texts me back. He's like, Hey, this water is $9 a bottle. I'm like, yeah, dude. <laughs> he's like, he's like, holy shit. And then, uh, the next day I seen him or a couple of days, I saw him at the the farm track. We go ride moto and he showed up mm -hmm. with coconut water, but it wasn't the same brand. I'm like, Oh, you skipped. dude. <laughs> so he, uh, he didn't get the expensive brand, but he, he started drinking more coconut water and, 
I always thought yeah. that was funny. That was just a few weeks ago. That was, it was hilarious. He's like, it's $9 a bottle. How, how many do you buy? How much do you drink a day? I'm like, dude, I spent a lot of money on this coconut water. So yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know if, if he like was, if you were involved on that or not, if he was trying to find it or what. So no, I was not. Um, lately his kick was gator raid, like actual like gator. Um, it was like some, new thing that came out so he was on a kick for that and I think we just bought some for him I don't even know if he drank it or not but uh you know he would always tell my mom get coconut water at Sam's Club you know and she would get it in bulk then um but yeah he was that cracked me up about the coconut water I never really knew that but yeah yeah, he wasn't he wasn't the guy to spend nine dollars on a bottle of water that's for sure (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, I was cracking up. I'm like, yeah, dude, I was, it's, it's pretty pricey. So, um, yeah. And it's kind of funny, like the, the different aspects you have. And for us, it, it was, it was kind of weird a lot of days. Cause you know, like we were always really good friends, but on race day, like we would always race each other really hard. Mm-hmm. Um, there was race days where I didn't talk to him at all. Not cause I was mad, but it's like, dude, I'm there to race. Yeah. He's there to race. Mm-hmm. And then I would text him on Monday and I, and I'd be like, Hey dude, uh, are we doing dinner tomorrow? He's like, yeah, I'll see you there. I'm like, All right, cool. So like, it's kind of funny, like some of your best friends, uh, mm-hmm. on race day, you just like, you're both there to kind of do your thing. And, and then, uh, I, one of the last Instagrams I have with him, um, it was from a while back, but, uh, yeah, we raced whatever. Um, I, I, Oh no, it wasn't one of the last ones, but it was, um, from Florida. Like I was going through my messages with him and, um, mm-hmm. Florida at Lake city, he went into the first corner and just t-boned the shit out of brandon robinson and when he t-boned him he like pushed me wide i was like i won my heat race i felt like i had a good shot to win varns calls carnage and turn one and then i I like got the video and i texted him like i'm like what are you doing dude he's like yeah i don't know not not my best move i was like nah man not at all he was like whatever probably thought i was gonna yell at him whatever and then i was like all right, dude, well, I'll see you on Tuesday. He's like, yep. <laughs> so it's like, just race <laughs> yeah, each other. He was, I yelled at him and then, you yeah, know, go for beers on Tuesday. So, yeah, he was a very yeah, short texter as I'm learning, uh, talking to everyone. You know, he was always, yep, okay, sounds good. You know, he wasn't much of a guy to say something over the phone, but once you, you know, got face to face with him, he, he never stopped talking. And, well, he had a droid uh, for a while. Did he still have a droid or did he move to iPhone? I forget. No, I, I did get him to get on the iPhone That's side right. of things. Yep. Yep. Um, so I think he got one probably a year ago That's or right. a year and a half, but yeah. Yeah. He was always a, a droid guy. I'm like, bro, get a real phone. Like, what are you doing? So, uh, that's right. Yeah. I forgot he got a, got an iPhone there, but no, it was, yeah. A lot of cool things I wanted to talk with you about. And before I let you go, um, did, uh, your plans kind of moving forward a, a little bit, I want to talk about Port Royal. Obviously that was special for you. And, um, I was really hoping to get you, get you a victory uh, ride. And, once, once I finished third, I was, uh, man, I was plugging for Briar and I, I knew we had, one of us had a good shot to, to get you a ride. So, um, talk about Port Royal a little bit. And obviously, uh, you plan to stay involved. Like you, you love the racing, mm-hmm. you, you've, you've met a new family and, uh, kind of, kind of yeah. what you're thinking there. Yeah. So going to Port Royal, you know, I wanted to go you know, first thing after everything happened and everyone else was kind of like on the fence 
Um, and eventually, you know, everyone came together and said, you know, it'd really be good to go. So I'm glad that everyone was there. Um, and I can't thank everyone enough, you, Corey, Shana, um, for everything you guys did. I wasn't expecting, you know, the whole memorial um, pit spot. So those pictures and canvases, that was really all a surprise to all of us. And we can't thank everyone for, you know, taking pictures his whole race career up until um, Port Royal even. So that was really nice. And then, um, you know, I was hoping for you or Briar at the start of the day to win your races and, you know, you did good all day. Briar was really doing good. And I know you, you didn't get it, but, um, you still got on that post. I feel like, um, that was really special, even if you didn't get first, you know, that doesn't matter. Um, and then when I saw Briar was really good throughout the day and had pull for his race, uh, you know, that kind of brought a joy to see that. And then Briar took me on the victory lap and, um, that was really special to, you know, be part of and you know spray the champagne that was my first time ever doing it and it just really brought joy to me um to be able to be a part of that absolutely yeah i i didn't know you sprayed the champagne i saw the photos the next day i'm like look at this this is awesome so <laughs> um yeah it's it's one of the things about racing that a lot of people that don't race they don't get the experience like the champagne and, mm -hmm. um, there's nothing sweeter than, than, uh, grabbing that bottle and, uh, and spraying the champagne. That's like a moment. I really like, like the victory lap, it's kind of a blur. Like you go around, you do the lap or whatever. <laughs> and then once you sit there and everything starts to kind of, you know, you know, Oh shit, we just won. Like those races don't come easy. And, uh, and the spray, the champagne, it's just, uh, the champagne sucks by the way. I don't know if you, I did see you drinking some, what'd you think of champagne? Yeah, not, not I, we did try it. Yeah. Yeah. It's not great, but I always drink a little bit every time because, uh, a victory lane champagne, it just tastes a little bit different than any other champagne you'll ever get, even if it's shitty champagne, but, uh, yeah, uh, it, it was uh, really cool to see that. And, yeah. So you're, uh, moving forward. You're, you're going out to, uh, from what I understand, you're going out to some of the races still the rest of the year. So, um, that's really awesome. Yeah. And yeah, it's, I'm, I'm really excited for that. That's going to be cool. Yeah, we, uh, plan on leaving. We are leaving August 3rd. Um, we had this all planned out before and I figured let's go. And, um, you know, the racing family will be out there. So I really look forward to seeing everyone and going to those three races. Yeah, it'll be cool. We're going to, I'm going to make you hang, make you guys hang out with us for a little bit and go do some, <laughs> uh, go do some sightseeing and things like that. So no, that will be really cool. And yeah, thanks again. I know that a lot of, obviously a lot of emotions and it's been, it's been a long, what is it? Two and a half weeks now, but um, yeah, to come on and, I'm mentally exhausted. So it's, uh, mm -hmm. but man, there's so much fun and joy to share about Ryan and yeah, definitely having you on as our, as our first caller was, was definitely special. So 
thanks again. I know you got to go and, and you got to go to work. You got a, a, a real person job. Not many of us know what those <laughs> are. So um, thanks again for, for coming on and, and sharing some of those stories. Yeah, thanks for having me on. And it was definitely one of my first, but uh, I'm really glad to be part of it. Cool. Well, thanks, Jen. We'll, uh, we'll talk to you soon. Okay. Yep. See ya. All right. That was pretty damn special. Yeah. Jen's, Jen's awesome. And it's really cool. She's got a lot of that same sense of humor as Ryan does just that the one liner comments. And when she was talking about the stories, just like when she was saying it and not cracking a smile and just like saying it just serious. And then like kind of grinning, it's just like, there's a lot of Ryan in that, that whole storytelling thing. So yeah, definitely special. And we got a couple more, more guests lined up. I want to bring on our next guy. Um, you guys know him. He's, he's one of a kind. He's spent man, many, many laps and days at the racetrack with Ryan and it's uh sneaky Sam, Sammy Saavedra. What's up, man? <laughs> hey man. Uh, I, I gotta say, you know, uh, first of all, um, you know, I, I know, uh, why we're all here to talk about Ryan, but, um, as you know, someone, um, that has been a part of this podcast before, um, you know, a lot of you folks out there have reached out to me and even as, yesterday, I got a phone call from somebody I'm like, Hey man, I miss you on the podcast. And so, Hey, you know, I just want to say a, a big thank you to all the fans of tank slapping. Uh, for supporting tank slapping and uh, not only that but supporting me as well and so uh, it's good to be back uh, you know on the show I wish it was uh, under different circumstances but uh, man it feels really good to be back Corey so thank you for bringing me on and uh, you know hopefully uh, all all the listeners out there uh, enjoy this show uh, honoring Ryan. Absolutely. Yeah. Some of my funniest moments on this podcast are with you. Just, uh, just way too many drinks. I think the Springer episode was, uh, I think you like peed on the floor, like trying to pee in a cup. You didn't, didn't want to like, you didn't want to stop the show. So you just, you're like, ah, I peed everywhere. I was like, what are you I was like, bro, we can take a break, like a potty break. And nah, I just kept sending it. So Oh, man. Hey, uh, you know, racer, we, we've all peed in Gatorade bottles going down the road. I figured, you know, peeing in a Gatorade bottle in my, you know, my house wouldn't be so bad. But I think I was, uh, I'm used to the, you know, the motion of the road. I, I couldn't handle it sitting still. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, dude. So many good ones. And I honestly, one of the best ones that people still hit me up about, I, I wasn't even part of, but it was the, the David Aldana one. And just, uh, yeah, I remember you guys doing the show. And you're like, because I, I forgot what I had going on, but yeah, afterward I was like, oh, cool. you bailed, like, you bailed off, you bailed off motoing. <laughs> you were, is that what I you did? You were trying okay. to be a motocrosser. Yeah, you were trying to be a motocrosser and bailed off and, and, uh, oh, you know, that got was a little... when I crashed. Bro, that <laughs> yeah. was a bad crash. That was bad. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't crashed yeah, that hard in a pic- long time. Yeah, you're sending me pictures. You're, you know, <laughs> I'm like, oh, you're like, I don't know if I can do it, man. I'm like, oh, oh man, and I couldn't uh, get off the couch. I still have a scar on my shoulder from my foot peg from where it, where it got <laughs> me that day. And yeah, that's right. Damn. That's thanks for the memory. Yeah. That was awful. Um, yeah. And I remember asking, I was like, all right, cool. Like how long was he on for an hour, hour and 15? You're like, well, it was two hours and 40 <laughs> minutes. I'm like, oh, really? Oh, shit. <laughs> um, but everybody yeah, loved every we- minute of it. So. 
Yeah, we just kept going. You know, at first he was like, hey, I got limited time. You know, I can only, you know, be on for so long. Yeah, I get it, man. No problem. And then, uh, you know, we just started, you know, bench racing, talking about the good old days. And next thing you know, he's like, ah, you know, I was trying to be respectful of his time. And I'm like, hey, you know, I think it's that time you got to get going. He's like, no, we can keep going. I'm like, what do I mean? Tell the guy no. You know, so I'm like, yeah, let's go. That's so good. Well, Let's get into it, man. Uh, obviously, you've been around just the racing scene for a long time. You ventured over to PA from from California. You're a California guy, but now it's just like you're a Philly boy, dude. So you've been around District Six area for a long time. You got to know Kevin yeah. and then Ryan. Um, how did that? How did yeah. that relationships kind of for those? You know, everyone always sees Sammy in the pits with the Varns, is taking video. You know, changing gearing, whatever you can do. Um, where did that kind of relationship start with, uh, I guess the whole Varnes family? Var- well, I'll take it back to Pomona. Uh, I think it was 1993 and, uh, don't quote me on the year. I'm, I'm pretty sure it was 1993 and, uh, it was Kevin Varnes rookie year and he was riding, uh, your dad's Harley at, uh, at Pomona. And, uh, you know, and, and, you know, at that time growing up, you know, it was always cool to see somebody from the East Coast or somewhere different show up to a, a West Coast race. So I always kind of paid a little extra special attention to the guys that were from out of the area. And Kevin's like a couple years older than me, you know, so, uh, I, you know, I was like, uh, you know, whatever, I guess, you know, uh, um, yeah, he's a couple years older than me. So, you know, obviously he was an expert rider. I wasn't yet. And uh, after the main event, you know, I, last race of the year, man, I went down and got his number plate. And uh, so that's where I met Kevin Barnes. And then uh, from there, you know, I seen him again uh, when in Stockton, Kansas. Next year, I was traveling around, uh, seeing him in Stockton, Kansas, and he won that. And that's the, well, actually, maybe I'm going back, maybe it was a year even before that. Maybe it was 92, 93, because I met Scotty Dubler uh, in Stockton, and I think Kevin won it that night. Anyway, that's where I met the Barnes family. And then, you know, fast forward a bunch of years, not that we were best friends or anything like that, but, um, you know, I was on my way to Daytona and um, I don't know, I, I, couldn't, I can't even tell you the story, but I had to come to Pennsylvania for some dumb reason and my license wasn't going to get shipped to me in time. So uh, remember Patty Bourne? Remember? She oh, yeah. Yeah. In? She was awesome. Yeah. So yeah, Patty's yeah. like, yeah, Patty was awesome, right? I mean, you know, you call up, she made you feel like you were Jake Springsteen. You're like, oh, hey, Sammy, you know, I, you know, it's like, oh, man, this is awesome. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so uh, she's like, well, you know what? I'll just send your license to the Barnes family, and you could pick it up at third place. I was like, oh, okay. So I called Jimmy Barnes. I'm like, hey, is that all right? He's like, yeah, but we're going to leave, so the house will be open. Just go in there and get your license. It'll be on the table. I was like, all right. You know, so uh, that was kind of another little tie there. And then, you know, I came back east with, uh, you know, Eddie Atkins and, uh, you know, uh, you know, kind of actually before, you know, I, you know, was really riding anything uh, with Eddie. Uh, it was uh, I was working with Eddie a little bit. And so I was back east. And then, uh, you know, I as anybody knows, uh, man, Eddie's like a second father to me, but, you know, he, uh, the hard guy to get along and he has no problem kicking anybody out of their house. Right. At any moment. I'm, I'm probably the only guy that's been kicked out like more than three times. It's been welcome <laughs> back. Right. <laughs> so, uh, thanks to Bernice, actually, I should say. So Eddie kicked me out one time and I was like, man, I got nowhere to go. Where am I going to go? 
And so uh, Pottstown, Pennsylvania wasn't too far from Winchester, Virginia. And uh, I ended up, uh, you know, the barns kind of took me in a little bit. And that's how I really, truly ended up, uh, you know, I mean, there was other things that went along with that. You know, I met Amanda. That's what kept me here. But, you know, what brought me to that area of Pennsylvania was uh, getting kicked out of Eddie Atkins' house. And a part of that was, you know, the Barnes family kind of, you know, uh, you know, helped me uh, along for a little bit there. And uh, so I worked at a motorcycle shop that Jimmy once owned, but still owned the building of. And, you know, and at that time, it's kind of funny, translates right into a Ryan Barnes story. Because Ryan Barnes was, you know, he was a little kid. I mean, you know, he was a baby, right? And then, uh, you know, eventually, I, you know, don't quote me, but maybe his first motorcycle was like a JR50. I remember he used to ride that thing back in, you know, behind the, the shop there where uh, Jimmy and Dolly lived in the grass. He was always riding that thing around. And uh, he, he would take, you know, like, you know, when you buy uh, like an economy pack of zip ties, you get all the ugly colors and the really long ones, you know, like yeah. the greens and the yellows yeah, yeah. and the oranges. I still have them well, at the bottom of my toolbox. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, the ones like nobody uses, right? Yep, <laughs> yeah. Yep. So, uh, so he would take those uh, zip ties. You know, he's like five years old. He would take those zip ties, and maybe he's younger. He'd take them and he'd tie them around his throttle side, you know, ar- ar- around the grip, right? And they'd stick up like antennas. He wouldn't cut them. I'm like, what's that for, man? And uh, what are you doing? He's like, oh, that way I can see when I'm on the gas. Because if it was sticking up, that meant he was off the throttle. And if that thing was down out of the way, he was on the gas. <laughs> so I'm like, that's pretty good little, uh, pretty good little trick you got going on there, you know? Uh, so, th- th- you know, that was probably like some of my uh, earliest Ryan Barnes stories, you know? And like I said, the Barnes family, I mean, hey, you know, um, I'm not just saying this because I'm close with them, but, you know, they, they, as you know, and anybody associated with them knows, uh, you know, those people are the most genuine people you could uh, ever imagine. They're just solid, solid family. And uh, they are dedicated 100% to uh, racing motorcycles. You know, they don't have any outside interest. All they do, whether they have a day, a week, or a whole winter or off season, they just work on getting to the next motorcycle race. You know, you don't see Jimmy and Dolly bowling. You don't see him golfing. You know, that family is all about motorcycle racing. And, you know, and, uh, you know, it was, you know, it was really special because that family did a lot for me. So to, to kind of be there in a way to get back with Ryan and, you know, he was carrying on that, that Barnes legacy of, uh, that family, you know, and, and all the history that they have in the sport. And so it was, you know, very special. And, uh, I, I, you know, I hold that near and dear, uh, that I was able to be, uh, you know, a part of that. It's really special. Yeah, that's a lot of good, a lot of good insight and good stories. And for those that don't know, Pottstown, PA, that is, uh, it's, it's kind of right where I grew up. I actually lived with my grandparents. So if you've come to the racetrack, you've probably met my grandpa, Fitzcharles and my mom, I'm Joanne. Um, but they, they only live five or seven minutes away from Jimmy and Dolly Barnes and Pottstown, PA is, uh, is the town. So it's, it's right outside Philly. And, um, yeah, just hearing some of that stuff is, is really cool. It brings me back. And if, uh, a lot of people, if you've raced in Pennsylvania or in the Northeast in general, dating back to, I, I want to say probably the forties or the fifties, chances are you've raced against a Varnes. Like actually everybody listening, like 
I'm sure everybody has raced a Varns. Most of the people have <laughs> raced a Varns. Like, yeah. Whether it's uh, yeah. Jimmy or, you know, Eddie or Kevin or Mikey or Ryan or Tyler, or everybody, or, like, you've raced a Varns. Yeah. Like, um, and just, yeah, I have a lot of really – um, really cool memories. I posted a photo a while back of, uh, of, of somebody wearing Lancaster Harley Davidson leathers, racing a motorcycle. And I said, guess who it is on it and whose bike it is. And it was yeah, a photo, right. it was a photo of my mom riding one of Kevin's bikes. Um, so it's just, yeah, a lot of, a lot of good history there with, uh, with my family as well in the Varns, but yeah, no, dude, it was, it's really cool. Like, um, like Ryan's the first production twins year, uh, Ryan, you know, great year for Ryan finished second, had a couple wins, um, second overall points. And then the next year, uh, I don't know if you, you did a couple races, I think in 19 as well, but what kind of prompted, like what started that whole, um, relationship where you kind of came on board with Ryan's program? Cause, um, you know, it was, you know, just you, everybody that knew the Varnes program around those years, it was Kevin, obviously, um, uncle Roy doing the work back and a lot of the work in the shop. I know Kevin picked up on a lot of that then and started doing most of it as well. And then it was, um, Brian who, uh, Brian Willis is like the main guy running the program. And then it was Sammy, like you were at every race doing everything. Um, give it, you really gave people a lot like, dude, it was, um, at first it's like, what's Sammy doing? But dude, like looking back now, nobody else did what you did as far as working on the bikes all day long and showing it like showing, walking up to the line. And a lot of the videos that you have, man, like how thankful a lot of us are that you were there to, to do everything you did. But anyway, I'm getting kind of sidetracked, but where did that all start? Yeah. Yeah, Well, and, and and to kind of touch base on that before I, I, I back up too far, is, you know, obviously, I, you know, I recorded a lot of Ryan, you know, and, and a lot of laughs and moments and walking up to the line, and, you know, a lot of things. Uh, so I'm working on putting together a little, I don't know if you want to call it a little video edit of just some highlights, you know, of, uh, of Ryan's riding. Uh, so, um, you know, like I said, I've had a long relationship with Barnes's and, you know, I even got videos of Ryan, you know, as, you know, being 13 and 14 riding motorcycles or whatever. Uh, but, you know, how, how it really happened was I was working for Richie Morris and, um, you know, uh, things didn't work out there, right? And, uh, I mean, me and Richie are good friends today. We give each other a hug every time we see each other. We have a lot of respect for each other. So no bur- uh, bridges burnt there or anything like that, but it just didn't work out, right? And so, um, let's see, I, I forget what happened. Um, uh, I'm trying to think how it happened. Um, I, you know, you know what, actually what happened was I was still working for Richie and some flight or something got jacked up, right. Out of my control. And so I called Kevin. I said, Hey, uh, I hate to ask you guys, you know, I know they're, they're not far from you. I'm like, you think I can ride along with you? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, of course, right? And so I was like, I'll be a wheel man. I love driving. I love driving better than flying anyway. So, you know, I hopped in a van and I think we were taking two vans at the time. And I hopped in with Brian Willis and I hopped in his van and, you know, Brian doesn't like driving. So I was like, I could drive. And Brian's like, this is great. You know, you're driving. This is awesome. He goes, well, you know, uh, yeah, we, why don't you just ride to the races with us? 
you know? And so I was like, okay. So I started, that's what happened. I started just riding to the races with them, you know, helping them drive. And then things, uh, you know, took a turn with Richie Morris. And then I was like, well, you know, uh, yeah. I'm like, uh, yeah, I, you know, I don't know what I'm going to do now. They're like, well, aren't you going to come this weekend? And I was like, yeah, sure. Why not? You know, so like the very next race, uh, you know, there I was spinning wrenches for Ryan. Cause you know, I'm going to, I'm not just going to sit there, you know, I'm going to unload the motorcycle, you know, walk it up to tech, you know, okay. Figure out, you know, look at the racetrack, try to figure out the motorcycle a little bit and, you know, do all the, you know, the, the, uh, pre-race, uh, uh, checklist that, you know, anybody would do. And, and it was just like a really good fit, you know? Um, and like me and Kevin, uh, we, uh, you know, we kind of, uh, we really clicked and we clicked and we're lying as well. We all three clicked. And if we ever had a difference, it actually worked in our favor because like sometimes, you know, um, Kevin and Ryan had a great relationship, obviously, but you know, no matter what, it's still your dad telling you something, right? And sometimes, you know, you don't like to hear it from your, (laughs) you don't like to hear it from your dad, right? So sometimes I I come in, you know, and I'd be like, hey, you know, and I'd always go to Kevin first and be like, yeah, that's what I think. He goes, you know, and Kevin would be like, yeah, why don't you go tell him? I'm like, all right, I'll go tell him. (laughs) So then I'd be, the guy to go tell Ryan and you know and, and a lot of times I mean I'll tell you it was a, it was pretty magical because more times than not all three of us you know like you know uh, like 99.9% of the time we're on the same page and it was super easy uh, and you know at those times you know racing can get a little you know uh, difficult at times it was like you know that 1.1% of a time I'd have to tell Ryan you know uh, and that's just because I wasn't his dad you know and so, uh, but like I said, 99.999% of the time it was, man, it was, it was all magic, really. I don't want to say it was magic just 99.9% of the time, because it really was all magical. Uh, everybody was like really quick. Everybody was on the same page. And then, you know, uh, had a great year racing with you, Corey. I think it was 2019. You guys went one, two and the championship came down the last race. We didn't know who won the championship because you broke on the last lap. Remember that? Oh, at, uh, oh, yeah. at um, metal, of course you remember that metal oh, lands. Yeah. Everybody's like trying to do math real quick and figure out like what you know. And I, I don't, I don't recall. It was a point or two difference, but you know it was good. You know, two Pennsylvania boys uh, that grew up together, District Six guys going one and two, and then you know to talk about the difficulties of the next year. You know, uh, if you look at you know uh, 2020 uh, as far as uh, you know, how Ryan, his performance was, I mean, his results won't show much because he had a ton of DNFs. But if you look at like his fast times or how he finished in a, I call it a heat race, a semi, whatever you want to call it, or he'd be like, he would be like, okay, here he comes. He's in second. He's gaining on Corey or he's gaining on whatever, or he's going to, he's in the top three or he, you know, all right. And then boom, he would break, Uh, you know, his results, you know, if you look at, you know, the end result were a lot of DNFs. But uh, a big reason for that is, you know, um, you know, those Kawasaki's, they, you know, don't quote me again, they come with like 50 something horsepower bone stock, right? And once you get above like 90, 95 horsepower, they're not made for that, you know, and uh, you're pushing things to the max and, you know, they're, 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 you know, and when they're brand new, they're, they're grenades with a pin pulled already, 
you know, and uh, to, to get, you know, uh, uh, the kind of power that was needed to run up front and keep up with those uh, G&G Yamahas or those XG750s, you know, uh, we, we kind of really had to push things to, uh, to the max. And, uh, you know, it was just too much. And so uh, it was, you know, failure after failure. A lot of it actually was a lot of bad luck. We had stupid bad luck. Like, you know, all of a sudden a kill switch just going, like at Oklahoma City, you know, he was second. I think you may have been leading it, you know, and it was like, you know, kill switch just went out. It's like, what? You know, just dumb stuff like that. But, you know, the cool thing about that year, not that it was cool because we had a lot of dumb luck, uh, it just, it's a testament to the, uh, you know, to this, to the type of people that the Vaughn's family, uh, who they are, is it never broke anyone's spirit. We always had a good time and uh, it was spilt milk. As soon as that happened, it was over, you know, and uh, we leave that racetrack with a broken motorcycle and we'd be singing goofy songs on the way home, uh, having a good time, knowing what we had to do to get ready for the next race, but it, it was you know, we, we, nobody ever hung their head low because, uh, you know, everybody put in a hundred percent effort and there was nothing nobody else could do any better. I'm confident of that. It was just, uh, you know, pushing things a little bit too far and a whole lot of bad luck all wrapped up in one. But like I said, you know, I don't look back on that year as a bad year because I mean, it really showed me what, uh, you know, you know, uh, a lot about the Barnes family and who they are and how they were able to hold their head up high in such a difficult time. Yeah, I would say a lot of resilience. And it does say a lot about Ryan, just with all that bad luck, it never like got him super bummed. Like he was bummed at the time, but like sure. the next yeah. couple of days talking to him or whatever, he, he wasn't like a poor me. Like there's a lot of poor me guys out there that race when they, yeah, you know, they blame the bike or they blame this or, you know, oh, if I had one more, you know, well, he did say that at Lima <laughs> to Johnny, but he wasn't like, <laughs> he wasn't a what if guy, like he knew, he knew what he was capable of. And he knew he had, he had, I think it's because he had a lot of inner confidence, like um, as a racer, a lot of guys who don't have the inner confidence, they're always trying to justify why or what they could have done with a different bike, or if they didn't break, like, Oh, I was coming or, you know, I, you know, this and that he never did that because I think he had a lot of inner confidence. So I know he did. I mean, he was overly confident sometimes like, um, and it was just, yeah, the confidence that he had, like, it didn't matter if he was racing me, if he was racing, you know, a local guy who never makes main events or he was racing Jared Meese, like he thought he could win. Like there was a lot of times where, he would say something. I'm like, what? I'm like, seriously? Like, and it, it, I loved it. Like me and Briar, we always talk about the confidence of Varnes and, uh, and that really set him apart. Like he, he, dude, like Peoria, like the year he threw a chain at Peoria, I think it was last year. It was the first lap, mm-hmm. right? So there's nothing set in stone at Peoria, especially the first lap, but he like got a good start. I think he was in third. Yeah. He's like, yeah, you know, I was, I, he didn't say like I was going to win, but he was like, he was going to run up front in that bitch. Like it didn't matter where he was all day on the times. He was, he was a gamer when the light turned green, one of his biggest strengths, I think his two biggest strengths as a rider were he was really confident in the first couple laps of any race. He was so fast. Like, I don't know what it was. It was like the opposite of me. Like I knew the first four laps, 
Ryan was going to be so fucking fast. Um, and I'm more of like a late race guy, but whatever he had figured out when the light turned green game on. Um, and I always liked that about him, like his, you know, that part of his racing. So what, what do you think his kind of strengths were as a racer? Cause you got to see it a lot. So. Yeah. You know, I, I really got to watch Ryan, uh, really close, you know, and, uh, I tell you one thing that, it, it, you know, that I was like, I was always so impressed by with Ryan is that, um, you know, just because it would never work for me personally. So seeing him do it, I was like, I don't know how this guy does it. But um, he was, uh, aside from a cushion track or a place like Ryan or something that was loose, he was really good at going into a corner really fast, two-wheeling it, right? And that's hard to do because, you know, you know, you can only go into a corner so fast going straight. Yeah, otherwise, you got to, you know, stop and, or, you know, that's why you guys get sideways, right? To scrub speed and help them already be turned uh, to head in the other direction. That guy was so good at going into corner two-wheeling. Uh, you know, he was hard to get a good, exciting photo of because he was always two-wheeling. But, you know, on a stopwatch, what's that? Two wheels and in line. He was really good at that, you know, and uh, he was, uh, you know, it's funny because, uh, you know, looking back at all these videos I got of him and stuff, I was like, man, I never give the guy credit that he was a pretty good cushion rider, you know? And he was, well, that's, that's kind of how I know him, Sammy, to... cushion. Like, he was always the cushion guy, so we always <laughs> yeah. gave him shit. Me and Briar would give him shit about, like, oh, Varnes loves the throttle, but, like, literally he'd always be like he, he would he would like defend himself he's like i'm pretty smooth on clay tracks and i'm and i'm looking at like a lot of the races he's won and they're you know smooth track shit it's like um like dude it's, it is funny because we'd always give him crap because there's a i gotta find the clip but there's a clip of him from lima i think it was like it might not have even been when he was a production twins rider i think it was like 18 or 17 when he was riding the gnc1 class and he was just full chicken wing all the way through the corner just <laughs> brah, 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 brah. and uh it's the funniest clip I, uh, ever <laughs> that's my clip that's my clip because even a couple of people gave him a, a hard time about chicken winging it and I was like, hey, he's still qualified, you know, whatever, though. Seventh or eighth? Dude, he qualified yeah. really good. Do you have that clip still? Yeah, I have that clip still. Yeah, he goes in the corner. He's like, whack, 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 whack. I mean, Dude, it's the his funniest elbow thing. is just cranking up and down. And speaking of funny video clips, it happens to be from Lima again. But if uh, any of you are on Instagram, uh, Briar's uh, story, when uh, they're sitting on the front row and Jerry jumped. <laughs> and, and ryan it's so uncharacteristic of ryan but ryan points at jared and like does this motion like you're out of here dude like and points to the back row it's hilarious I oh dude that rookie year like rookie year <laughs> yeah the, the top guy of the last couple decades jumps the start <laughs> ryan's a rookie he doesn't give a fuck that it's Jared triple Lee's. digit triple digit triple, triple digit, digit number yeah <laughs> looks over and points him like get to the back like and then he starts laughing <laughs> like it's the funniest <laughs> Oh, oh that was hilarious. Oh, that was hilarious, man. That yeah. was so funny. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I mean, I mean, so many good memories with that guy, you know, going down the road, you know, stupid little jokes that, you know, if I tell anybody they, they're not really that funny, but 
they became funny because we just said them over and over and over. And I would always get Ryan, you know, he'd be going down the road. You know how you go down the road and it's like, hey, 50 miles to Columbus, you know, 20 miles, uh, 120 miles to wherever, you know. And yeah. like every time we'd come up to one of those signs, and be like, hey, man, I wonder how far we are from Columbus. And at first, like Ryan went and get it, you know, but then eventually he, he kind of picked up on it, you know. So then it became a thing. It's like every time we went by one of those signs, it was like, hey, I wonder how far we are from uh, so-and-so, you know. From Wheeling, West Virginia. <laughs> oh, it was then, just you know, on the sign. Became, yeah, just on the sign. <laughs> and then, you know, then I try to lag a minute or so, you know, right? I'd be like, nah, you know, fine, we say 20. I'd be like, nah, I don't know, I'd say more like 19, you know? <laughs> so it's just some stuff like that. Or, or we had another thing, because that guy sucked at driving <laughs> to the races. <laughs> He, we were lucky if he made it to Harrisburg, which is like, you know, an hour down the road. He'd stop for like coffee or Panera or something dumb and then uh, get in the back. So every time the van would stop, you know, uh, I would always say like if I was driving, I'd say, hey, good news. You know, and I'm like, what? Uh, yeah, it's your turn to drive. Good news. So every time that van stopped, I don't care if it was across the pit. Every time that thing stopped, it was always like good news because that meant it was someone else's turn to drive. <laughs> and it sounds dumb, but it turned into such a funny thing, you know, because uh, if we were like leaving the track and we we're going to stop at a gas station like a mile down the road, it'd be like, ah, good news. I'm done. You know, and it, just, <laughs> it just turned into a funny thing, you know, but, but uh, stuff like that, you know, those those uh, man, you know what it's like, Corey, driving on the road, spending, you know, hours and hours and hours and driving thousands and thousands of miles year in and year out with somebody. You get to know somebody like uh, like, you know, I mean like it's hard to to uh get to know somebody on that level unless you, you spend that kind of time with them and so uh you know all those kind of stories and all those kind of things you know i'm gonna you know really miss with him because uh you know i had a lot of good times and you know and the other thing was man have you ever seen that guy's wallet it's thick it's it's as thick as a big mac bro <laughs> it swear. is a brick it is as big as a Big Mac. I I wish I I should have asked him. What do you have in that thing? How is it so thick? Like I used I mean, to give a shit had... all the time. I'm like, dude, you're gonna have back problems putting that thing in your back pocket. Like... I mean, seriously, it was as big as a Big Mac. It was I forgot all about that. I forgot all about that. So you just brought it up. I forgot, dude. His wallet, and he would put it in his back pocket. I'm like, dude, how do you sit in your car? <laughs> When that thing's in your back pocket, like, yeah, he had like, he had like every district, every district six card since he was born, every, you know, like arcade yeah. gaming pass since he's been a kid. It's just, he has it all in there. Like, <laughs> yeah, you know, like those big, thick guys, your trucker wallets, you see old truckers in the 70s have, his was like triple that. You know, it was crazy. That's I was funny. like, yeah, I forgot all about that. Oh, yeah. I mean, and then, you know, because, uh, you know, a, a big barn stop was always a Cracker Barrel. So, you know, every Christmas, everybody give him Cracker Barrel cards, right? So he'd have 20 of those things in there, you know. I mean, I don't know what he had in there, man, but he had every card in the world in that wallet. Like, it was That's insane. Hilarious. And another cool, another little cool factor, uh, I don't know, we were going down the road somewhere. You know, I think we're coming back from Springfield, and I don't know why we were talking about it. But uh, he was going through his wallet and he pulled out his AMA card. And uh, it's something that I guess Brian and Colleen did for him. But uh, 
he he had a an A and A card before he was born. Same, dude. That's crazy. Yeah. Oh, me and you Shana, too. Yeah. 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 Me and Shana oh, were the nice. same way. Yeah. That's. I didn't know he was oh, though. Awesome. Like I thought. I thought we were like the only ones I've ever met. Like I didn't know. Uh, I mean, that makes sense. Dolly being Dolly, like that's uh, sure, sure, yeah. That's crazy. I, I honestly do. Like I never knew that about Ryan because like, I always thought it was crazy. Like that we always had you know members longer than our when we were born. I, I never knew Ryan was the same. But yeah, that is that's pretty. That's crazy. Yeah. Like, that's funny. yeah. Ryan's the same. Yeah, his uh, his his years of membership are longer than you know than he's twenty four. So yeah. <laughs> Yeah, then his age, which is kind of funny. Uh, but yes. yeah, you know, I mean, yeah, so much stuff like that. You know, I mean, like, like I said, uh, you know, what's I mean, one thing? From, um, like, obviously, you spent a lot of time at the track with him. But what's one thing that you would just just describe or share? Um, like Ryan away from the track. Like, what was one thing that stands out? Um, not race related. That you know, maybe time in the car or maybe something people don't know about his personality. Sure. Sure. Uh, and this was always a big surprise to me. And it's something that me and Amanda would talk about a lot too. Uh, because, you know, I mean, you think, of, you know, people that are in their early twenties, they're not into kids, you know, right. At least I wasn't, you know, like, I don't, you know, I wasn't like 22, 23 and then like, Oh, let me hold your baby. Right. Like, oh, I'm not. And so, uh, I was a, you know, but, uh, Ryan, uh, it, it's like, he had an affection for kids. Like, you know, he really like, he would always ask about Carlo. Like, you know, he called up, you know, I mean, we talk all the time, right. You know, so he called up and like, Hey, what are you doing? Oh, you know, I'm doing this and doing that, whatever. And you'd always ask, Oh, what's up with Carlo? Ask Carlo. Oh yeah. You know, and Oh, let me talk to Carlo. And he yeah, put Carlo on the, on the phone with him for a little bit. And, you know, um, and it was like, man, you know, that's kind of cool because, you know, I, and he did that with his nieces and nephews as well. Um, you know, uh, if, if anybody were, you know, or, or that attended the services and you heard uh, Jen talking about that uh, with all our uh, Ryan's nieces and our nephews and whatnot um, and, and cousins. But uh, yeah, he, he was uh, really cool with kids, which is kind of like, wow, you know, he's a motorcycle racer. He's 24 years old. Why would the guy care about kids, you know, but, uh, yeah. he likes kids. And I thought that, as me being a, me being a dad, I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. He was always super good with crews, like love spending time with crews. I got a bunch of, not a bunch of pictures, but I have a handful of pictures of him with crews. And honestly, dude, when I asked you, I just asked that question. What's one thing away from the track that describes him? I shit you not. I wrote, I, it hit my head when you started talking that he's good with kids. And I wrote, I wrote down good with kids. As you said, me and Amanda even said about it. And then you said, I yeah. swear, I just wrote down he was good with kids because um I just like try to make notes um on stuff. And dude, like you just then you started saying it. So that is that is that's crazy. Yeah. Um yeah, definitely yeah, like I, genuine I, dude. Genuine dude. Like I'll give you a quick example. Like uh, it was a few weeks ago. Uh, we went to a Phillies game and, uh, you know, I Carlos a handful. That guy's like, you know, I need to take a couple of teeth off of him. You know what I mean? He's like, he's bouncing <laughs> off the rev limiter, right? You know, like, let's take a couple of teeth off, calm you down a little bit. And, uh, so he's a handful to sit with. I mean, you know, I mean, how long are baseball games, right? 
Dude, forever. Ryan held him the whole baseball game. You know, there was maybe like, you know, a couple of moments where he didn't, he, you know, but between Jan and Ryan, I didn't hold Carlo once that whole baseball game or, or Manda, you know? And it's like, all right. I'm like, are you, are you sure you want to hand them back? They're like, no, you know, we're good. I'm like, okay, cool. <laughs> but uh, yeah. So just, you know, I was like, all right. Hey, I wouldn't want to sit with Carlo on my lap for the duration of a baseball game. I know that. <laughs> no, there's a lot of He's people I say with, I say with Cruz now, like, cause Cruz is starting to be a handful. He's a, you know, almost five-year-old toddler that races motorcycles full of energy and, a lot of like the racer kids that come over, they just don't have the patience for, for a kid. Like it's, it's very uncommon. You find one that has the patience and just for him to have yeah. that attribute is, is pretty special, but yeah, that's really cool. You shared that. Cause I was, I literally, I, I forgot about it and I just jotted it down on my paper. So um, yeah, I mean, there's so many good memories with uh with you and Ryan and anybody that, um, has gone to the track the last few years, they've, you know, they've seen Sammy in the Varnes pit, you know, the victory laps and all the cool videos you have, and definitely would love to see what you put together moving forward. Um, I think a lot for a lot of us, it's, it's been surreal to just real, like, think about, man, he's, you know, he's not here anymore. And then as we move along, um, sharing, you know, those videos and photos and, doing this podcast and just every, everything people are doing, like, I think it's really going to bring a lot of joy to us. Um, this is obviously a really sad time, but to have the time we had with him and all the cool memories and funny stories that, uh, that, um, that we have, it's, uh, and I just want to get the, um, like, I want people to know more about Ryan because some people said, um, obviously he was kind of quiet. A lot of the like racers who weren't friends with him. Yeah. He's kind of quiet. He's a really nice guy. Um, you know, he had a really good relationship with people. He didn't know. He just had a really good personality, but everyone mentioned he was quiet. I'm like, man, this dude was funny. <laughs> like there was so much about yeah. him off the bike that we need to get to the bottom of and, uh, doing this and having you on the podcast to share some of those stories, man. It's, uh, it's certainly special. So thanks for, Thanks for coming on, man. Taking the time. Uh, definitely like yeah. you mentioned, a lot, a lot of good memories and, um, you're, you're at the core of them for, for many of them. So it's appreciated. Well, I appreciate that. It's been a pleasure being back on here and it's been a pleasure talking about Ryan. I, there's just a couple of things, you know, I want to, I want to add to, uh, man, I mean, I can, you know, as you start talking about Ryan, there's so many things that come back and you just start, you know, remembering so much stuff, but, um, you know, a, I guess the last thing I want to say is that, you know, um, you know, I, I, in, in this tragic time, right. That we're all in, you know, it's, uh, we realize that, uh, man, you know, we may not be best friends with everybody at the racetrack or, you know, uh, but we're all cut from the same cloth and, and we're all in the same fishbowl and it's really not that big you know, and we're all a lot closer than we uh, may realize, uh, or maybe, you know, if you're full, you know, maybe you do realize that, but, um, you know, it, it really is, uh, you know, there's, I've been around a few other forms of racing and there's uh, no sense of a, a community or a racing family like this flat track family. And everybody has, uh, you know, really shown what that is all about uh since uh you know weedsport it's it's unbelievable uh, how everybody has come together 
And uh, it's brought, I feel like it's brought everybody a little bit closer together as well. And, um, you know, and, and I think that's a, that's a good way of honoring Ryan, right? Uh, you know, is bringing people closer together because, you know, Ryan was a good guy, man. And everybody around him, you, you know, you gravitated towards him. He was a fun guy to be around. Uh, he was, if you, if you didn't know him, he was, he, he was quiet. But if you knew him, as you know, Corey, the guy was a crack up, man. I mean, you know, he was, uh, uh, you know, just a perfect product of uh, the Barnes family. He encompassed everything that's uh, great about that family and good. And uh, he, he had that in spades. So, um and, and again, you know, I, I don't want to ramble on. I could talk forever, but big thanks to everybody listening. Uh, big thanks to you for having me back on the show, Corey. I've really enjoyed it. I've missed it. And, um, you know, and uh, it's great to talk about Ryan Lawrence. Absolutely. Yeah, I, uh, I agree with everything you just said. And yeah, I think that's kind of Ryan working his working his magic, uh, even when he's not here with us, just everything he's been able to do for the community while he was here and now since he's not here uh absolutely man so thanks again for for taking the time brother and uh, appreciate you for uh, everything you do and keep it rolling dude it's uh your asset and it's uh it's important to have people like you doing what you're doing so um once again dude we'll uh i'll see you soon right see you uh, next weekend see you next weekend and uh yeah see, see you next weekend and uh like i said probably see most of the people listening at some point uh, throughout the year. And uh, yeah, it's been a pleasure. Thank you all so much. All right, Sammy. We'll, ch- we'll chat you soon. Thanks. Yep. See ya. All right. See ya. Our next caller on the show is good friend of mine. Good friend of Ryan for a long time. I'm honestly surprised his hillbilly ass figured out how to call in on the zoom call and it's Jordan Harris. What's up, man? Oh, not much. It's up here in the hot sun today. The old man's on vacation, so I'm hoisting some coal. And it's about 100 degrees. <laughs> Is this your first yep. ever Zoom call? <clears throat> uh, no, I actually did one with the federal government a couple times. <laughs> really? Yeah. All right. Okay. The fed, feds a lot for the mine. All right. All right. Well, I thought this was your first Zoom call, but cool, man. <laughs> uh Stoked to have you on. Uh, for those that don't know Jordan, he is number 77 production twins rider. I've known Jordan Harris for way too long. Um, 20 basically, years. yeah, 20 years probably since, since you got started in flat track, you, Brandon Robinson, yep. Chris McCarty and myself, you, we were like the, the four friends. Like you guys were my first friends just long journey a lot of lot of dude we have a lot of time hanging out and oh my god yeah happy to have you on you're a really good friend of many of the pa locals so it's yeah you're 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 sort of a legend man so it's uh happy happy (laughs) to have you on the show thanks well let's kind of get into uh your first kind of maybe your history with ryan um maybe the Varnes family in general, but what, what are your earliest memories of uh, the Varnes and, and being around Ryan? Well, the first memories would probably go back, oh man, 2003, 2004, past Valley nights, seeing Kevin there and he's fast. And then you'd have a little Ryan. Ryan was first time I seen him race. It was probably on like, was it that purple lamb or Cobra? 
Uh, I think it was, man, I forget what kind of bike that was. It wasn't a Cobra or a lamb. It was, um, Oh, it was, uh, pop top like, yeah, uh, but what was it called? Oh, I forget too. I got some there. weird, it was some yeah. weird bike. Yeah. It was, it was a weird off model something or another. Yeah. You're right now. We'll have to ask yeah, that's Kevin. My first memory. Yeah. Seeing that little blonde guy running around the you'd always come over to, well, we always pitted together, me and you, the textures and Brandon, we always hung out together in that little corner. And then little Ryan would run over with like, what, Vern check. They're probably about the same age. Yeah. 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 Pretty similar age. Him and, uh, Vinarchik. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he didn't race like every weekend, uh, Ryan Varnes as a, as a youth rider, because just like Kevin was still racing pro and yeah. It was yep. hard. It's hard as I, I know currently to get your kid to the racetrack when you're still racing pro. Um, but he rode quite a bit. Like he still did some races, a lot of local races and things like that. But yeah, I mean, it's kind of crazy. Like my earliest memories are pretty similar probably to yours where we're close in age yeah. and just seeing Ryan kind of mm-hmm. from that, like youth Ryan. Um, cause me and Kevin hung out quite a bit when, you know, we're friends and He'd always bring yeah. Ryan and Tyler over and they were kids. Like they were just, you know, yep. I, I had to fucking watch him and he didn't get lost. Like babysit him. Kinda. Yeah. Like the new year's Eve parties and stuff. I remember him being at your house as a little kid and we'd probably just pick on him or beat him up. Yeah. I mean, I have my, my, <laughs> my bachelor party. Uh, we went go-karting and Kevin and Ryan came and Ryan was like a kid in the photo. And that was like 2015. Uh, yeah. He, he was like a kid still. And then all of a sudden, I don't know where the transition happened, but I started hanging out with Ryan a lot. Like he was, uh, I took him under my wing a little bit, just like that aspect. And he turned into like my brother and my friend. So, uh, it's kind of the same for you. Like, yeah, yeah. somewhere yeah. over the time he, you know, he's, he, he, he hit puberty and hit that age where yep. we could drink beer together. And it was like <laughs> a lot of fun. So it was cool. As soon as he got, as soon as he got the facial hair, he was in. Yeah. He was in the club. So, um, yeah what was your like memories hanging out with him? Do you have anything specific? I mean, I, there's so much we could talk about forever, but, um, yeah. I know you, you guys talked and, and hung out quite a bit. Oh, uh, we talked all week long. I'd pick on him throughout the week, but like, you know, was it like 17, 18, 19, them years we were racing so much. And then 19, when the production class started, uh, well, yeah, it started 19 and I, we ran a lot of races that year. I was racing for Heath and I traveled to so many races, but I always was with the Varns as I sent my beer bags with them. If I flew every pit, I'd try to be near them. And we went out to eat. We got hotels. We goofed off together. I remember, uh, Minnesota, we were racing out there. We went to the mall of America, went to some thrift store with Sammy and he's looking at windbreakers and stuff from the nineties merchandise. He's buying well, me and Ryan found some boxing gloves. We had a boxing match in, inside that thrift store one day. But, uh, yeah, there's the best memory I have is actually at your party in, at the end of 19. Remember how he was? Oh, yeah. It? Talk about that memory a little bit because that's that was, oh, man, uh, that one was fun. If we could have fanschoice.tv'd my uh, championship party yeah. at 19 uh, people would have loved to see it like so much, so much stuff. What did, so he, he came, what did he came from? I think he rode Sandy hook that day. Um, which is like a mini, that, uh, 
that Rob Miller uh, put on uncle Rob. And I think he won, he won like the mini GP and he wore his medal to the party. Cause all the photos yeah, we right. have, he, he's got the medal <laughs> yeah. on his neck. And what I re- <laughs> well, I was me and Briar always joke around. Briar is like, was that your championship party or was it me and Varnes's? Cause like how, how hyped <laughs> how they were. They got. <laughs> yeah. Tell, tell the story. Tell <laughs> what you remember. Well, I remember being around the fire outside. I don't know what he did to my wife Whitney, but he like got a stick and was get, he actually like singed her hair, burned her hair. And she's like, Ryan, what are you doing? You better calm down. And we're, he was getting lit by then. And he's running around saying, number two i'm number two because he got second in the points that year he's like screw Corey, i'm number two runner up bitches <laughs> but uh probably like fast forward about hour or two later he's laying on the couch in Corey's living room laying flat in his back and we're all in the kitchen looking at him well my wife's looking at him and then you see him gagging and we're like oh no he's gonna choke on his pu- or puke so she went over she rolled him on his side got a little what bowl out of your kitchen and he started cereal bowl. bowl yeah something and like we're all watching and whitney's like ah oh, you gotta watch him he's gonna puke in his mouth and stuff and we're like just staring at ryan and then finally we're like we gotta put you to bed dude after he was done puking on the couch there so i forget who the heck carried him into the bedroom did he get sick on my floor i forget i don't he, i think he might have got sick did on he my sleep floor. on your floor no, I think they moved him yeah, into the I guest know. room. He was hurt, and yeah, he was yeah, hurt. Yeah, they did. Yeah, he was pretty rough. I mean, I remember texting him the next day. I'm like, "Yo, dude, you alive?" And he's like, "Oh, I had to pull over. I didn't make it home yet." No, you know what happened? <laughs> you know what happened the next day? For some reason, no. I decided I was going to race Airport Speedway, which is like the dinkiest little short track. Yeah, like, I just want a champ. Yep. I just want a championship. Like, and I, I, I was like, Let, "Sure, let's go race the short track." And I made him come with me. Uh, like I made him come along oh, for the trip and every 15, dude, it took, it's a 45 minute drive. It took us an hour and a half to get there. Cause every Cause 10 minutes pull over. <laughs> we had to keep pulling over. I'm like, bro, get it together. And I got a really funny photo. I I've never, I, there's so many photos I haven't posted, but there's a photo of him in the, in the, in the car or am I sorry, the van on the way there. And he is in the pain cave. Like, his eyes yeah, are squinted so bad that you can't even like see what his eyes look like. It's just all squinted. Yeah. And, uh, and, um, he's wearing like a pair of my shorts, like these hideous shorts I have, like I gave <laughs> to him. He probably still has them in his closet. I, he told me he wore them yeah. a lot after that, but, um, that's funny. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't very common. He would get tuned up. Like it was no. just that, no. that, that night was, was uh yeah. yeah, it was pretty reckless. Briar walked out of my garage and he kicked my my um XR one hundred over one hundred clutch yep. lever. Yeah, just it was Shana put him in a timeout in the back of the car then. <laughs> That's right. Shana put Briar in the back of the car and I went to like <laughs> say goodbye to him and I couldn't find him. I was like, he's not in here. <laughs> And he was in the backpack, like she stuck him in the third row, like storage area. <laughs> I didn't mm-hmm. know he was in there. I was like, he's not in there. She's like, he, he was. I'm like, oh, he got out. And he was like laying in like where you put like your groceries, like in the back of the Jeep. So, yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Just uh, a lot of good memories. And like, what do you anything you remember, like on the track with Ryan or anything like that? I mean, oh, you know, Ryan was determined, like, I'm a jokester. I like to have fun at the races, you know. I'm always picking at Ryan, 
like the last thing I said to Ryan at Weedsport, we were going out for the main event. I was rubbing his shoulders as we were getting on our bikes. I'm like, yo, dude, do you want, I said, do you want me to ride that Duke? And he said, shut up, bitch, and get on your Kawasaki. <laughs> and like all week long, I'd be like, yo, you, I said, what are you doing? And I'd, we'd be joking. I was just looking at my text messages the other day sitting here. And I went back as far as I could go. And it's funny because I'd look at him and be like, yo, Corey's at home doing push-ups training what are you doing i said he's gonna kick your ass this weekend he'd be you know ryan was pretty short in a text you can send him a whole paragraph and he'll say yeah or <laughs> okay like yeah it's like dude that's how he is like it's funny and we go to the flying Dutchman a lot practice and last year was funny because i said i talked him into the doing a motocross race at district six henrietta so we go out there we both sign up i signed up for like vet cb he signed up for open c or 250c well he goes out there in the first moto and like i I don't know if jen probably knows she was there she got pictures but he crashed a couple he finished like 11th and then i go back we're pitted beside each other and he loads up he's like i'm out of here i'm like dude you got moto 2 coming up no i had enough i i seen i did enough today so he left i'm like then i texted i'm like you just left to go to way far to get some ice cream <laughs> he he's had like, that, yeah i had uh... enough of that well, he got a good motorbike uh, eventually, but initially he yeah, had the KTM. Well, initially the he had that RMZ, and it was like yep. it was like a oh, steel yeah. frame. What was like an 06 or something? 05? Yeah, it was Roy's. It was his uncle Roy's bike, and he did not like that. I mean, there was another time he rode that RMZ out there in a practice, and we came off the track, and he loaded up and left without telling us. And I'm, I text him like, "What are you doing? That thing's junk. I keep losing the front end." <laughs> just, just laugh. and then we just dr- drill each other all week long back and forth like but i mean he helped me out so much like with stuff all week long like if i wasn't riding for heath and i had to ride one of his uncle's bike i'd be like yo i'd go to the shop he'd dyno it for me or i'm always working so he'd be like i'll get the exhaust on it i'll get it legal for eft and i'll bring it to the track last year bring my bike to port royal and i pit it out of their trailer and just the Varnes were always my family at the races, you know? Yeah. And that side of him too. Like I never got, like, I, I refused to let Ryan dine on my bike, like just out of principle. <laughs> I was like, I'm not letting you dine on my bike, but he took a lot of classes and he, he was getting pretty like yeah. pretty damn good with that yeah, stuff. He was, so he was really into it. He really enjoyed it. He loved going to the shop and just tinkering. Yeah. Like he, I would, mean, send, he would send me Snapchats all week long doing things on the bikes. Yeah. I've had a lot of people who've had bikes dynoed by Ryan who were like, they're like, man, we made a lot of gains. And, um, yeah. So that's pretty cool. Actually. Like a lot of people might not know that is, uh, just, he was getting pretty good in the shop, man. Like able to, able yeah. to tune the bikes and remember he bought the dyno or they got the dyno. Yeah. And he was really excited about that. And it's really cool to have that aspect of, of a racer that loves to do that as well. And, um, it wasn't a, it wasn't like, it was kind of an acquired taste for him. Like it wasn't like he grew up yeah. wanting to work on bikes. And then, uh, it was just one thing he kind of added to his, his toolbox a little bit was, uh, the whole dyno and bikes thing. I just, yeah, I just, I told him, I was like, dude, I wouldn't leave, I wouldn't let you dyno tune my bicycle. Like it's always fun. With this. <laughs> yeah, I know. But he's just last year when we went to Port Royal, I was like, how much horsepower did it? Cause I left, I went to work the next day and I'm like, just get it set up. He's like, and then we, we put the motor together, like pretty reliable for district six to play around. And then I had to ride it at Port Royal. And I'm like, what's the horsepower? He's like, you don't want to know. I'm not telling you, you just got to ride it. I'm like, <laughs> really? He's like, yeah, I'm not telling you, I'm not letting that number in your head. It's, it's not good. Just ride it. 
Yeah. Like, All right. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of funny. I mean, you guys never really had a rival, a rivalry racing. Like it didn't seem like, no. like you guys always kind of, kind of work together. Yeah. Like, yeah, for yeah. me and him, like we were, we've always been like brothers and, uh, but during yeah. race, during race season, I was going to tell, I've had Jen on so far and I've had Sammy and I was going to tell, I think Jen, but we got to a point every year where he would like, he like, wouldn't like not want to talk. Yeah. Like not want to talk. And I remember asking him and then like, once the year was over, like we would talk a little bit, but it wasn't like, like there was kind of that deal. And I was like, bro, why, why are you so quiet on, uh, on race days around me? And, and this is like, he's like, you're my competition. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, dude, who cares? Like, um, and it was kind of funny. Like he was like, you're my competition. Like he, he was joking around a lot, but dude, he took racing really serious. Like, Oh yeah. He, he, he wanted really to did. succeed really bad. And, yeah. uh, and then it got to, I think he, he literally said that. And then he like, one of his bikes broke and it, it, he said it like a couple weeks prior to that. And I was like, Hey dude, like, ride my personal bike. He, and he was like dumbfounded that I, I'm like, bro, you're my little you brother. That. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, dude, you're my little brother. I'm like, I've known you since you were a kid. You're one of my best friends. Like nothing yeah. track related is ever going to like, I'm never mad at you when you beat me. Like I'm happy yeah. for you. I'm always just thinking, what can I do better? But dude, I'm stoked that you did well. And, uh, and eventually like it got to the point where it wasn't as bad anymore, but like, yeah. like the one year he was like, it was like, you're my competition. I'm like, first and yeah. foremost, you're my brother first off. And then you're my competition. So yeah, um, exactly. But it was always yeah. funny. All, like, yeah. So. I remember last year at Springfield, we were in the beginning of the race, probably the first four minutes we were going back and forth, back and forth. And I'd go on the inside of him. And I remember the one time he looked, he just like looked at, looked over at me, glanced. And like, in my head, I'm like smiling. Cause I know what Ryan's thinking. Cause he's like, what are you doing passing me? And like, then we got off the track and I said, why'd you look at me like that? He's like, well, you, you passed me how many laps in a row? I was just waiting for you to get tired. <laughs> he's like, <laughs> I was, I was just funny the way he said it. I was waiting for you to get tired, but you kept coming back. Yeah. He didn't have much yeah. of a filter. Like he was brutally honest. No. Like, like they said yeah. at the, um, I think his grandma said like, anytime he'd get in trouble, he would admit to what he did. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, he was pretty honest. Like anytime yeah, he, he would say something, I'm like, oh yeah. I was like, well, I appreciate the honesty. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh man. Yeah, yeah. A lot of, a lot of good stuff. And just wanted to bring you on from, uh, just, yeah, you're, you have a really good yeah. relationship with him and you guys talked a lot and it's, uh, yeah, we grew close together the last few seasons and it was a hard last couple of weeks to tell you that. I didn't even yeah. want to go to Port Royal and race, but I'm glad I did. It was a very good day. Yeah, absolutely, man. And uh, appreciate you taking time for those that might have picked up on it from the start of the call. But Jordan actually works in the coal mines. He's a coal miner in yep. Pennsylvania, and it's not a fun job. It's uh, well, you love it, no. but it's not a it's not yeah. an easy job, I would say. And uh, it's definitely as gritty as it comes, man. So uh, thanks for taking the time, and I guess you're gonna crawl back in the mines and find us some uh no coal, we're right? done i gotta go in there and hoist the men outside they're probably soon gonna be beeping a buzzer <laughs> well <laughs> uh did did ryan did you guys ever talk about him coming into the mine at all like i know oh, all, the time, all the time he's like during the week because i'd always be like yo will you go get a job oh i'm, I'm doing accounting but i'm done in like two weeks because racing season starts i'm like well come up here dude i said i'll come up there and work but then 
after Lima, I remember, I just remembered this after Lima, he crashed and his shoulder hurt. And like Monday or Tuesday, I'm like, are you okay? I'm sore. I said, all right, we'll come up here Wednesday with some coal. So you're ready to race at Weedsport. Yeah, I, I could do that. That's no problem. He goes, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll be right in. <laughs> Never comes. That's kind of like, my... yeah, that's what he's saying. I'm, I'm on my way. <laughs> he's funny. He's been here a lot. He's been here oh. a lot riding, trail rides in the mountains. Oh, really? He's been to the mines? All right. Yeah, he's been here a bunch of times. I mean, Roy comes, like, every Sunday. So Ryan came up. Kevin actually came once. Yeah, I avoid but, rocks. I'm not I'm not a rock guy. But uh, I yeah, guess Ryan to... didn't really enjoy it. <laughs> but he did but it. he stuck it out. Yeah. He did well, it. I'll have to make my way up there. I mean, for, again, people Definitely listening. Do. You probably heard of like Tower City. Anybody that's trail road in the, in the Northeast, like Tower City and um, just really well-known riding areas. Yeah, that's kind of yeah. where Jordan, Jordan's from Pine Grove. So he's right in the thick of things, but uh, cool, man. Well, appreciate you. And uh, you'll, you'll be at some more races this year, I'm sure, right? Any, any more plans? Yeah. Yep. I don't I know. know. Uh, we talked about Open something. Charges. Yeah, we talked yeah, about, we talked some, about some. We got to see what Corey comes through. Yeah, dude, we gotta put a. I'll have your. I'll have my agent call your agent, and maybe we can work something out. So, yeah, I'm, I'll I'll have them on standby. <laughs> we're expecting we're expecting the call. All right, big dog. Well, appreciate you again, as always, just uh, for appreciate coming you. on and just you being you, man. And uh, yeah, we we're due for some uh some brewskis. It was cool after Port Royal. We got to yeah kind of hang a little. I'm always I take racing One obviously the- really serious as well, and for me, it's. It's uh, it's it. It was a lot of fun at one point, and it's it's kind of transitioned into a job, and that takes a little bit of, of the fun away. But after yeah. Port Royal, it was cool to kind of, you know, I usually I'm dude. Sometimes beer. I'm I'm out of the track before the Super Twins mains over. Like I I just kind of yeah. go home, and it was cool to kind of sit around. It was the first time I think ever that my team left before I did, and uh, <laughs> I was there hang, having a beer and chilling with everybody. It was uh. Yeah. It was definitely cool. It, was it wasn't like my beer of choice. Yeah, it wasn't my beer of choice. It was a Coors Light, but that's kind of what the Varns, the, the Varns crew, they're all about the Coors Light National. So it yeah. wasn't wasn't my beer of choice, but it was it was it was solid. It was, it was cold and refreshing. Yeah, it was definitely cold. So right on, man. Well, appreciate you coming on and I'll I'll catch you here soon. Okay, buddy. Sounds good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, bro. See ya. See ya. All right. Jordan Harris, coal mining, son of a bitch. It's ha- cool to have him on and talk a little bit about some of the memories he's had. And our next caller, man, we're ringing them in. This is like quite the posse. It's uh, this has been a fun show. Uh, Briar Bauman, Briar, what up? Piece of cake, bud. Piece of nothing, cake, dude. bud. <laughs> the barn special. Yeah. Nothing. Just, just hanging. Um, honestly, just, Woke up from a nap on the couch. Uh, been to the beach the last couple of days since Port Royal. Been kind of a hectic last couple of weeks. So, yeah, just hung out at the beach and freaking let it let go a little bit. Just hung out with actually you and then Bronson and and Shay. So just hanging. Yeah, yeah, it was cool. We had a we had a fun night. Uh, wasn't overly crazy, but we yeah we had some fun. It was cool and yeah, I, I would agree. Uh, last couple of weeks have been exhausting mentally, but wanted to kind of just, as you know, I wanted to share some fun when it comes to Ryan, uh, celebrate his life a little bit. You know, everybody it's, it's obviously first thing you, you, it's sadness and 
it's it's tough tough emotions, but trying to pull through. I, I haven't really been motivated to to do a podcast for a while, and I actually got I kind of was thinking of doing something along the lines of this, and I actually got a little bit of a push from JD Beach. He was he gave me some uh, encouragement. He he gave me a book of a. Uh, that I, I'm going to go through with that guy share some stories. Uh, I forget the guy's name. He's a Japanese writer that um, rode Suzuka the eight hour. And um, yeah, he gave me some great, great encouragement and some good ideas to do something like this, bring on a bunch of people to share stories. So where the hell can we start with Lawrence, man? Where did, uh, do you remember the first time you met him? Uh, any, any early memories? I actually, uh, yeah. I'm Lawrence, I think. A lot of people probably would if he did talk because he was kind of quiet when you first came around. I mean, he was kind of quiet in general, but when he talked, it was, it was something special. Um, I remember walking into your kitchen, actually, and uh, I don't know if he just got off work or what, but he was in this pair. I was just like, what? Uh, kind of kind of a weird move at the time when you didn't really see a lot of dudes like, walking around like casually in khakis. But what's funny about that is, so I met him for the first time in the kitchen, had khakis on. Um, I kind of thought they were sick. So I'm like, you know, I'm going to go buy a set of khakis that feel kind of tight. And uh, I proceeded to wear them into your same kitchen like a couple weeks later. And you and uh, another one of our buddies, uh, Garrett, who used to hang out with all, all the time, proceeded to rip me apart on wearing them. And like, I think like for like the next three or four weeks, you guys are like, hey, man, you see my car keys? I mean, my khakis. And I'm like, <laughs> what? Like, why was it cool for him to wear them, but not me? Uh, but yeah, that was my first time meeting Ryan. And it was the most, it was kind of, kind of random that that's what, what pops to mind is the fact that he was wearing khakis. But it was, that's uh, hilarious. Ryan Lawrence. Yeah. He was always leaving from work, like, um, or like, well, he was in college. And then for people that probably picked up by now, he was big, uh, big in the math, went to college to be an accountant. And he worked intern at an accounting firm and then he got a job there. So he raced motorcycles and then he dressed up and went to literally like an accounting firm to go to work. So, uh, after on Tuesday nights, the boys, all we all go get drinks. It's been that way for a long time. And he would, he'd have to work his real job and then jet right from work to come. But he was, we'd always joke around like, Oh, is this the dress code? You're pretty overdressed, but he, he just didn't have time. He would just come right from work and yeah. we'd go out to dinner. We're all wearing like, I don't know, t-shirts and shorts and van sneakers and backwards hats and fucking Varnes has a, a flannel or whatever, like a button up shirt and khakis on. So yeah, uh, all yeah. The time. yeah. Uh, Jordan was just on and he shared the, um, the story from the championship party in 19. Oh no. That's the one he went with. Yeah, yeah, he he went with that one. So, what are your uh, memories or anything you can add from that one? Uh, yeah, I mean, not a whole lot of memory to be honest. That was a pretty big blur. But I just know, like, in a really short amount of time, um, with Ryan Chambers, like I did, I started with fifteen. <laughs> perfectly coherent to i was like grinding on ryan uh and grabbing my ankles around a bonfire so like yeah just a really short amount of time but like a really big like big party so no that one was that was a good one i lost my hair indian shirt that night too i had to uh i had to throw it out at the local turkey hill down the road because 
Um, I don't know if it's something I ate or what, but I actually got sick on the way home. So I uh, had to get rid of that one, but yeah, that was, that was a good one for sure. I was telling people, I, I went out, Shana put you to bed cause you, you uh, knocked over my, my dirt bike in the garage and you guys thought it was funny to just like spill drinks over my garage floor. It was like complete destruction. And I remember Shana put you in the back of the car and I went to come like find you and I couldn't find you cause you were in like the backpack, like in, in the storage area. I couldn't get out either because it was locked. You know what I mean? At that at that point in time, and where I was at mentally, I was uh, I was locked in the vehicle and I couldn't get out from the inside. So I remember you guys circling the car, and I like you guys look like ghosts. You're just kind of cruising around. I'm like trying to see who's out there, but I'm like I can't get out. So, yeah, that was the best. I remember Ryan and like Ryan Barnes and Connolly sitting there saying, "Open up," and I'm like, "Dude, I can't. It's locked." yeah yeah that was a good one that was a good memory um yeah i mean we spent a lot of time with ryan and and um it came to a point like obviously in 16 17 18 as ryan was getting older and turning pro i spent a lot of time with him um kind of mentoring him and and whatever and then it came to a point where we started competing against each other and i was telling jordan he got to a point where he wouldn't talk to me as much. And I was like, dude, what's going on? He's like, Oh, you're my competition. Like, it was just like, kind of just, you'd have to know Varnes to understand it. Like, I thought it was kind of funny. Just, uh, Get it, yeah. I was like, like when he said that, I'm like, bro, like I've known you since you were like a child. Like it's, we can, I'll still help you as much as I can. But anyway, he started to kind of, uh, we still have a lot of good memories throughout those years, but it was, um, consistently, he kind of transitioned to, asking you for advice and he'd he'd call you to go riding and then i'd show up i'm like yo fucker where was my invite (laughs) he's like um so anyway he would kind of gravitate to you a little bit in those years where he was asking you for advice and and things like that um what was that kind of relationship like during the week with you and ryan um maybe recently or the last year or two yeah honestly like the last for me and shay it's been like the last year or two maybe three uh, years. It's been cool because, like, a lot of the guys around Pennsylvania didn't really take a whole lot of interest in moto. Um, and then, as, like, you know, we started to ride more. It just became more popular, whatever the case is, and more people found interest, and the bigger the group, the better for us. So, yeah, a couple times Ryan showed up, and I think he borrowed a, borrowed someone's bike or did something because I dating back a little bit i didn't really like i was a part of like i know how close you two were through the the 16 17 18 19 era and honestly i think that party that night 19 was what like clicked us off like i don't know that was just a big one and then all of a sudden he was at my bachelor party and he came to everything else from there on out but like when we really started like just kind of growing out was kind of the most like he he got a motorbike and I all kind of came from obviously him trying to want to want to beat you in the uh, in your guys' class. So I think obviously he saw the benefits to riding every week, and, and you know he was obviously asking me quite a quite a few questions about like the skier and whatnot. But more so like throughout the week, the cool part, and I kind of I post about it. But like, and one thing I think I always like really appreciate was um, during the week, like. I could text him at Wednesday or Tuesday night at 11:30 uh, p.m. and we're we're leaving at nine o'clock a.m. on Wednesday, so we had like seven hours to get his stuff together um, to to be able to load up and go ride with us. 
and and he would do it. Like if, if he didn't have anything going, if his schedule allowed it, he was coming. So like it didn't matter if I gave him a month or if I gave him an hour. I always knew that if there was any type of possibility, kind of the cool part. So we got to the point where like. I know you know I had to shoot out text like, hey, are you and Barnes good right now or what? Because, like, geez, we're going to go ride and we're probably going to be the same area. And I know you're talking about going. So I just want to make sure it's like all good. But yeah, and it was to the point where, like, you'd always hit me up, like, yeah, I'm cool. Like, I, I, I want to ride with Ryan. <laughs> he was just always, he took it really like, uh, like he, dude, and that's why I was telling Jordan, like, he was more dedicated than people realize. Um, like, the, the want to like succeed. It, there was no like shortage of effort. Like maybe he didn't know, always know how to channel that effort, but it was always there to where, you know, like he probably took off work a lot to go ride with you. Like he, you know, he didn't like bicycling. Um, we have some pretty funny bicycling <laughs> stories, me and Barnes. Um, but he didn't like, he didn't love cycling, but he came and he did it with me. Like he came and he did a lot of things out of his comfort zone to be better. Like, um, me and you, we know yeah. Ryan as the guy that we joked around with him a lot. Like just Ryan was the guy we kind of just gave a lot of shit to just jokingly as our little brother, but he wanted to be successful in flat track more, more so than many people that I've ever talked to. It's just, um, he, uh, it was different than how he showed it. Like he did a lot of things on a certain level of effort that is kind of like underrated, like, going out of his comfort yeah. zone and doing things that he didn't love to do to be better. No, no, exactly. He, dude, he wanted it really. And that's where it was kind of, what was cool is <clears throat> I have a, a list of people that I would, I text before we go ride, right? Like you chambers and Barnes was always on that list. And it's funny actually just to like date back to him doing things he didn't really want to do or, or you know in that area so he texted me one day and said hey i'm, I'm gonna ride at brian his uh his team owner's shop i just uh i just graded in a turn track and i'm like oh shoot i i can only imagine what this is going to be like and uh and i'm like okay yeah i'll come over so i get over there and there's like three turns on the whole track it's cool for sure but it's super dry so like i think with a little bit of water it'd be pretty good but it's like it's like not a whole lot of fun to ride and i know he knew it and i think he knew i knew it but it was one of those deals where i could tell that he was just like this was last year i, I don't know if we were coming up on lima or where we we're getting peoria where, wherever we were getting ready to go but he was like he had like a regimen he had a plan he's like hey so i'm gonna ride uh three sessions i'm gonna do 10 minutes whatever he had planned out it kind of caught me off guard a little bit and uh and i'm like shoot i'm sitting here you know not not really enjoying myself like it wasn't like a whole lot of fun to ride but then i'm like dude he it's not very often you speak with someone who has a regimen you know we we're chain out we're training out this had something going on and he was like he knew what he wanted and he knew that his goal by doing all that stuff was to win on saturday and i'm like dude if i'm not enjoying this that's fine like this guy wants it and he needs someone to ride with and i need to ride anyway like I, if he calls me three out of the five days I ride during the week and, and this is what we have and he wants it and we're going to make each other better. Like, yeah, dude, I'll be there for sure. So no, it was a hundred percent underrated. Um, on how bad Ryan Barnes wanted it. He, uh, he did a lot. Like he said, it wasn't always like, it wasn't the, maybe the thought process and wasn't, you know, maybe exactly what we had, but nonetheless, his end goal and, and idea was to win Saturdays, you know, and that's, uh, and that goes, 
you know, I think it's kind of rare sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. No, I just wanted to share that because a lot of people don't, they don't realize that. I mean, people see him as like uh, the talent was unquestioned, but he, uh, he had some work ethics too. He definitely, definitely would, uh, would go out of his way to, to try and be better. Um, Sammy brought up, we had Sammy on and he brought up the uh, Lima video that you shared. The start one. So he brought up the start one. And remember we were trying to think of like the chicken wing video. Like you asked me if I had the one of him, like just blipping the throttle 80 million times through the corner. Yeah. Yeah. Sammy has that footage. He's going to send me, send me and you. So, Um, so we, we found the, we could could have a highlight reel of Ryan just at Lima, not even, (laughs) no, not even anywhere else. Just Lima. We could have a two or three minute highlight reel just, shit ryan barnes did at lima that blows your mind yeah and he brought up the start video of uh of him telling Meese to go to the back did jared ever uh, did he ever comment on that video oh yeah oh dude he like he responded he lost it he was like i never had any idea that he did that i'm like dude (laughs) i was watching the races a week after and lost my mind we've been talking about it for years oh it's it started in 2017 and that video has gone around around Lima time every year since then. Yeah. Like to Ryan. Yeah, dude. Greatest video. Like I'll put that for me as, as one of the greatest Vorns videos I've ever seen. Yeah. Well, the chicken wing video, we'll, we'll put some of these up on the pod then for people listening, but uh, the chicken wing video is absolutely amazing. And the fact when Sammy said he had that, I, I start, I just got the most excited ever. I was like, dude, I love yeah. that video. And, uh, and like, I don't remember exactly, I'm not even going to butcher his explanation, but he had a really good explanation in his, in his eyes for why he was, why he was doing that. And then the next year he, I was, he was like a little slower than he was that year. I'm like, what's going on, man? And he's like, I don't know. I'm trying to blip the throttle like last year and it's just not working today. <laughs> just his explanation. Yeah. Well, the best part is there was an imitation video of this year or the year you're talking about now of him trying to do it. And I said, dude, that's not the real one. Like I've seen, you sent me the real one at one time of his, it's like, OG. And I want to say when he did it the first time the video came out, like, I don't know if it was like not super twin jet, like, and he like made the dash or cash or he was like, he, he, he put in some stupid lap time doing that, doing that weird chicken wing thing or whatever he was doing. And I remember you sending it to me. Uh, I don't know why I don't have any more, wherever the case is, but dude, it was, I lost it. I'm like, there's no reason that should, like, that should even be a thing. First off, I've and never seen anybody do ever. that with that much aggression. And like, he like, was pissed and off at his throttle. Confident, like confident. Like he went into it and like me, you know, through a turn at Lima, it's like, all right, like I got to pick a good line and I got to survive after. Like he went in and there was no questions other than like, as I go through this this corner, I got to turn it wide open and shut it off at least thirty times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's dude, it's a it's a glorious video. Um and that stuff like I said, we've always kind of he was so much fun to like talk like just like mess around with and um there's so much like we've spent a lot of time with him away from the racetrack and it's what I want, you know, the the podcast here. Like we're sharing a lot of race stories, but there's so many one-liners and a few people so far they've mentioned like you could text him like a long paragraph and he would just say like, yeah, or okay. Okay. Um, Okay. And that was sort of like, I don't know, just a very Varns thing to say, like just 
just this long ass thing and it, yeah okay you could throw your heart into a text or something or just try and give him a little bit of motivation and his response was okay i'd get so butthurt because i'm like dog i'm trying to like and and it's it just wasn't like he was him saying okay was the same as me replying with a with a, another heartfelt message he, he meant like it wasn't like he was being short it was just varnish's okay i'm processing it i'll get back to you once i know what i mean what i want to say back <laughs> yeah the um the t-bone video from the ice race this year where he went in and he just annihilated that guy i don't even i forget the guy's name but he just annihilated the guy on the indoor ice series and uh i i text him i say hey how was the ice how was the ice race and he said i forget what he said it was one word he said not i was like i think he said not good i said were you fast he said yeah i said what happened he said, uh, all he said was some guy T-boned me after the race. I'm like, Oh really? That's kind of weird. I was like, I was like, damn, uh, like, why do you do that? And he didn't like tell me for like a couple texts back and forth and, or actually he didn't tell me at all. And I saw the video from someone else. Uh, or he said, he said, I ran into somebody. I was like, Oh, all right. He, you know, indoor race races, like run into somebody a lot. Like maybe he just, you know, the guy got pissed for no reason. And then, uh, somebody sent me the video and I was like, bro, you annihilated that guy. He's like, he said, yeah, I guess. That's what he said. I, yeah, I guess. Literally T-boned the guy harder than I've oh, ever man. seen. Annihilated. <laughs> I was like, bro, you, you destroyed him. He's like, yeah, I guess. <laughs> That's all he said. <laughs> oh, man. And then he's uh, like, I was like, did you, t- I was like, did you talk to him after the race? He said, no. I'm like, okay. That's, that's all I got. All get. right. Yeah. yeah. So funny. I he's- remember. He sent me that same video the next morning through Snapchat and said, oh, and there was, there was more because, well, no. So he sent me a video of the guy T-boning him like after the race. And I said, what was that about? And then he sends a video of him, which it's like, uh, it's from the infield. And like you said, you don't even see Ryan in the frame and the kids in the middle of the corner already. And out of nowhere, here comes this guy in like this bright blue fly gear doing 90 mile an hour faster than anyone else on a short track and just t-bones him and i was like dog if that were me you and i would still be fighting on the ice rink like he's like what do you mean so then he calls me and is all he's trying to justify his actions i said no dude that one at this one like i'll have your back but this one ain't adding up like you're lucky that kid didn't get on top of you and start freaking pumbling you yeah, that's what I said. I'm like, dude, for what he did after what you did, it wasn't that bad. Like he goes for it into you, but he wasn't fully committed. Like it was uh It was a I, pretty it was a half-hearted ghost ride for sure. I'm like, dude, I would have I would have been way more upset than that kid was. Oh yeah. I yeah, mean I guess the, you're right. And indoor ice, indoor anything, like there's really no rules. Like, I mean there's rules, but I mean you can pretty much you shouldn't get mad if something happens that you know you fall or something, but but yeah, that's that's one where I would I would have been a little a little bent out of shape. But. Yeah, I would I would have been hot for sure on that one. Yeah, just his reaction was uh was so good, like so golden. So, yeah, I guess. Um, transitioning a little bit, you uh, so weed sport one weed sport dude, which was a really emotional thing. Uh, went out there one weed sport. We go to Port Royal, a lot a lot going on. Like you know, it it, it it's tough. Like it's 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 even like there's no way to describe, um, what happened and going out there and, and racing. And, you know, that's your, that's your little brother, that's your friend. And you go out there, dude, and cold as ice, win the, win the freaking dash, win the main event. Um, 
you know, we talked about it a little bit, um, trying to get, trying to get Jen a victory lap. And I thought our chances were pretty good between the two of us. And for me, uh, I'm not gonna lie. Like, you know, I, it was, I, I, it was a little, a lot of pressure for me. Like I was, I, I wanted to do it so bad and, and, um, you know, podium's good, but to not do it, it was, uh, it was tough for me. And I'm like, man, I, I really hope he gets this done. And, uh, to go out and see you do what you did and, cold as ice, just going out there, uh, and doing it. It was, uh, describe kind of those emotions for people that are listening and, and, you know, what, what it took to kind of stay in it through the course of the day. Yeah, I'm sure it was, it was the same thing on your, on your side. It was the same thing on Shay's side. Um, all of our sides, Jordan's like, we're racing, but we're also like, like what we did, I feel like was in my eyes, like, like, one of the coolest things we ever could have done as far as the all of us ran 68 through qualifying um and and practice and whatnot and i'm like i'll be honest like it kind of messed with me a little bit uh which it, it he's it was one of our ideas it was mine and your idea like it was just but it was hard dude like you're just thinking about like your boy the whole time and it's weird because like part of me felt like if we went through uh the day and we did all this stuff that when we got done um and we left on saturday like he'd be home on sunday and that was that's obviously a pretty um maybe not the the best i don't know how to describe no, i know, it. you, I know it's just yep. something I, yeah it's hard for me to describe that but it's kind of what i was thinking and uh so like at some point throughout the day it kind of like click like hey like let's just let's just do all this stuff and but let's cap it off with uh with a win somehow um but with it messing with me, I didn't qualify like the greatest. My last session was pretty solid. Um, the track at Port Royal, like any of the Pennsylvania tracks, like for me, I don't get like too serious about the race until the sun goes down just because like I've kind of learned over the few years that uh, that it doesn't really, I don't want to say it doesn't matter. Like I always say, hey, just be in it a little bit, like be within two or three tenths of whoever the fastest dude is, and then you'll find the rest once race time rolls around, which is kind of a big gap, but it's, I don't know, it's just kind of my mentality. Um and sure enough, the sun dropped and I found like two or three tents and, and yeah, I got rolling. So I, it was weird. I told Shana, uh, before the main, like I've kind of, I've done this deal quite a bit and I've had nights where like I fast qualify when the heat, when the main, like, and I'd never feel a thing like I'm numb. And, uh, it was weird because all through qualifying in the semi, I never really felt anything. Like I was super, super mellow and super numb. But then before this main event, like I knew all week long, it's, it's going to sound dumb, but like all week long, all I thought about was you or me giving one of the Varn family members or Jen a, uh, a victory lap. And uh, so before the main, I, I knew you hadn't yet, or you didn't get the chance to. And I'm like, dude, I got to do it. Like there's, so I was nervous. Like I was more nervous right there than I was night two at Daytona uh, for my championship. Like I was, I had butterflies. I didn't feel great. I'm like, Shay. And on top of it, being one of the guys who always searches for a good line around these racetracks, I know that there's a possibility that the line I'm on, if I'm leading and I had a bunch of confidence, I was going to get the whole shot. So all of a sudden, like these ideas are running through my head that I'm going to whole shot and my line's going to go away and Van der Koy or someone else is going to pass me on the outside and yada, yada, yada. But yeah, I was, yeah, I was able to get it done and, and dude, it was, uh, <laughs> it was wild. Like to be able to roll up and it's funny too. So, I looked over to my right while I was in staging before the race and saw the whole Varnes family sitting in the grandstand. And, uh, after I'd won the race, I'm like, 
I got to get over there because they're probably up in the grandstands, which is going to take a little bit of time for them to get down. Um, and what was so crazy is like, if you watch after the race, I go blitzing around the track, like didn't even get, have time to give anyone like a thumbs up or whatever that I raced with. And, uh, I actually ride past Kevin and, and Jen cause I thought they were still in the grandstands and, and yeah, I was like, Holy crap. They're actually here. They're ready. It was almost like it was the coolest. Part. It was like they knew and I never had the chance to say anything like, for that to for that to transpire like that like i i wanted to text sammy sabedra all day and say hey uh if i win this thing i'd love to give kevin or jen or colleen anyone like that wants a victory lap with a 68 like i i'm here for it if i win and i'm not that type of guy so to actually win not even say anything almost just feel it together and then be ready with a number plate and then yeah it was dude i was i was pretty worked up about it um it was so cool because I don't know Jen very, like real well. We spent a little bit of time together, um, just a little bit in the last couple of weeks. I felt like I knew her before I met her, just from Ryan talking about her all the time. Um, and then, like I had said just a little earlier, I uh, all week long I had thought about giving one of the Varnes family members or Jen a uh, a victory lap. And then in my, I think a lot when I'm in the shower, and I, all week long all I could think about was doing a smoky burnout on the wall and just freaking roasting my tire off. Um, just cause I don't generally do that. And, uh, and for it to play out the way it did, it's like, I thought that was like, you know, this might be a little arrogant or whatever, but I, I thought it was the, the perfect way to, to send off the night that seemed like it was perfect in, in every way for Ryan. So, um, yeah, emotional is definitely an understatement. It was, uh, it was just raw. If that makes any sense. It was just like everything that I felt like we could have done for, for us to honor one of our best friends, like, we we hit every box obviously you winning if you could have that would have been great but just like as a family and as as a few of his best friends like i feel like we did everything we could in our power to uh to make him proud yeah yeah man that was really good explanation and i think um for people listening like we race every weekend right so it's you know you, you go to a race you win or you lose you go to the next race you win or you lose um, you're only like, you're not really living in the, the moments. Like, you know, you go out there, you win a grand national, like some people try their whole life to make a, make a main event or, you know, top 10 or podium, you know, you just won a national and then, you know, you, you don't really celebrate, like you go out and the next day you do it again. And then, you know, you, you try again, just, you're only like, it's a dog eat dog sport where, um, everything's forgotten about the very next week. You know, you could have the best day of your life and, you know, championships, even like they, they just, they come and they go. Um, and we, we put our whole emphasis on those kind of moments, like we're result-based and you, you want to win and you're searching for that end goal. And it gets exhausting when you're, you know, competing every weekend and, um, everything just kind of blends together. Um, but for that, that night, um, at Port Royal, it's something to look back on and just be proud of. Like it's, it's very, um, memory, like it's a really good memory and the, the result is cool, but the way it kind of played out and the way, like, I've never seen anything like that where everybody rolled out with the 68s and, and then the, the Memorial lap and man, it was just, uh, I, it, I it's hard to describe it because of how emotional it was, but damn, it was special. And, it was hard like to be pitted next to next to his pit and no, he's not there and all of his family there and the pictures. And, 
you know, just being transparent with people on the show, it, it's not, it wasn't easy. It's not easy, but um, good consolation prize um, doing what we did, what you did. And then uh, everything else was just something we'll all look back on and um, just a sense of like family and uh, things like that. So, yeah, it's. Dude. It's, and, and like a little bit, just peace, like to see, to know that even in the midst of, and, and I'll be honest, like I have issues with the series sometimes and, and even other racers and just to, to see everyone come together. And it was, and, you know, it was two weeks, but it's a short two weeks and everyone's still willing to, if, Hey, if we can do anything to help, we'll do it and, and have everyone come together and just, and be willing to, to step well, forward. Dude, seeing, for the like the restrictors didn't matter at that point. Heavy wheels didn't matter. Brands didn't matter. Every, um, every single person. No, yeah. Nothing mattered. And every one of the twins, when they rolled up with 68s on it, it was um, special. Like guys that never talked to each other on race day guys that hate each other we all had something in common and it was just really freaking cool um yeah so it's definitely no, something that it's hard to even describe but whew, yeah it's deep man um anything else kind of i mean we could talk for hours but uh any anything that kind of stands out for for ryan that you want to share with uh everybody listening i mean i know that's a broad question but um oh, just, dude that is so broad ah uh, honestly no like for us to end on on that note on how proud we are of how everyone went about went about uh saturday night i think is pretty good on my my behalf um my goal is to put any story on my instagram about like that i have of ryan whether he's shit-faced at my house or or we're golfing or me and jake johnson are waiting for him 40 minutes past the tea time i'll i'll make sure i share it on there but yeah you know, i think that uh to share the way we did um yeah, I mean, we can't. I don't think we can top how how everyone's talked about Ryan thus far. So I uh, I kind of want to leave it at that. To be honest. Yeah, absolutely, man. And yeah, we have a lot of a lot of good memories to share over the years, and we're gonna keep them coming. I I got, dude, I got so many good v- photos and videos, and um, yeah, it's just uh, a lot of good memories. But yeah, dude, thanks for thanks for sharing all that. It's uh, it's definitely appreciated. The fans are gonna really really um be thankful to to get that insight and uh yeah definitely gonna miss our guy and keep we'll keep the keep the good times rolling and yeah we'll, we'll uh one day at a time man but yeah definitely thanks again briar and love you man thanks for coming on yeah thanks for having me dude we'll uh we'll keep it alive for varnsey all right man talk to you later all right dog yep i'll see ya. see ya yep bye Whew. yeah that was uh fucking briar leave it to briar to get me get me emotional on the on the pot but uh yeah it is, it, it is hard to come on and, and share these stories but i th- definitely think it's definitely think it's important for um just to keep his memory like it's it's there's so many things like i just want to keep going for him um like i said it, a lot of the race memories people have seen you can see um everything on what he's been able to do from a a racing standpoint and the results and the that kind of stuff but the it's just not how i know ryan and that's kind of wanted to come on and and share some of the things that that just separate him from from everyone else i've ever met in my life it's um there's just so many cool off the bike um memories that i felt like I, i needed to come on and share so um, definitely appreciate everybody for coming on today to share 
um, their stories and maybe we'll make this a yearly thing. We'll get some different people to come on, um, to share some memories, share some stories. Um, definitely, definitely a lot more people out there that have really good memories with, with Ryan, but I wanted to give you guys a good little mix and appreciate everybody for kind of, uh, being patient with the podcast. It was, uh, we tried, I tried to do one last week. I wanted to try and do something last week for, I don't know, like a lot of things have been happening. Like we never did a Weedsport pod. We never did, you know, the amateur nationals. Um, but just nothing really seemed to matter in the last couple of weeks. Like none of that seemed to matter. And I just couldn't do it. Like, uh, we tried to, tried to set something up with Sammy Halbert to come on and help me, uh, as a co-host cause Robbie Bobby was out at amateur nationals. Um, but yeah, just wasn't the right time. So I appreciate everybody being patient. Um, hope you guys enjoy this one. Definitely some good stories to share and yeah, keep, uh, keep the Varnes family and girlfriend and all of his friends in your thoughts. And yeah, a lot of cool things going on. Um, there's a lot of ways to donate to the Varnes family. I know class of 79 is doing some really cool things. Um, Jen Mall and Bobby Sadhoff, they're, uh, they did the Jake Johnson leather giveaway, which is pretty freaking funny because Sammy freaking Sabedra won, won the giveaway and he was helping kind of put it on, uh, Jake, Jake pulled pulled his name out of the helmet pack and it was freaking Sammy. So, um, really cool that Sammy was able to win those leathers with Jake Johnson. And, um, yeah, I'm actually, I have my own idea that I'm going to share hopefully here in the near future for, uh, a, uh, fundraiser I want to do for personally want to do for Kevin and Colleen Varnes and the Varnes family and Jen and, uh, everybody as well. So hope to have, it's kind of a mental, um, it's, it's crazy what I want to do, but I, I guess, yeah, it's just, I was thinking about it the one day and I'll share it. I'm not, I'm, I'm 99% on it. Once I share it, I have to do it. It's, it's not an easy, uh, easy task that I want to do. So I'll, I'll share that here, um, in the next few days, hopefully, and, and get started on that. But yeah, appreciate everybody. Flat track community is unlike anything else, as you've heard from this podcast, it's, um, it's just, yeah, at the end of the day, you sit back and you look at the people you see every weekend and, when something like this happens, you just, uh, you're really, it puts everything in perspective a little bit. So really grateful for the whole flat track family. I have, I grew up in the sport, grew up at the track since day one. Um, and yeah, we're going to miss Ryan, um, just everything about him. So I'm going to miss genuinely hanging out with, uh, with Ryan and being around him. So, um, no sponsor plugs tonight. Um, I'm sure my sponsors understand that is, uh, just a lot more important things to kind of ponder over and, and memory. So appreciate everybody for tuning in and till the next one, we out.